later in tonight's show. I really had to convince them that JKS was still the, the best option. And I didn't care that he didn't play the game for two months. And I actually felt like his time on complexity was uh, inaccurate rep a representation of what he can do as a player. And uh, I think the system that complexity had, which is bad for him. So I really wanted to have, I wanted him to have a chance in our team. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets. Guaranteed. I'm in the house and sector clear, but there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate. Want to change your loadout? Get new skins, or maybe cash out. Bitskins.com, the best skin site. Just log in with your Steam account, add your dream skins to your cart, and pay with crypto, credit card, or PayPal through our providers. Need some cash? We got you. Just list your skins, enter your desired price, and withdraw instantly with crypto or directly to your Visa credit card. Bitskins.com, buying and selling skins. Simple, fast, and easy. Sunday, fun day. Tomorrow's Monday, but here we're going to focus in on Hatred TV confirmed episode eight for season six, the year's 2022. Who thought we could count that high? And on tonight's show, we're going to do some wild and wondrous things. Now, we're not going to stick too long on uh, the intro. We'll fly through this one. Striker's not here. Uh, he's not feeling too well. So hopefully, Striker feels better sooner rather than later. And we can get him back on the show for the next episode. But for tonight, before I introduce the guests, let's do the sponsors. We've got Bitskins. Uh, you guys saw the ads just there. If you want to get a couple of goodies, head, check out Bitskins for your in-game uh, items. So we've got uh, ExtraFi, mouse pads, keyboards, mice, all that good stuff. RGB, it's what the kids are all about these days, apparently. Uh, check them out, ExtraFi, uh, for all your peripheral requirements. And uh, last but not least, Parry Match, uh, gamble responsibly. Okay, Prof, um, now that Strike is not here, you have to, yes. you have to do your... You got to fill the void. Do you yes, think you can, can do that for this evening? I definitely can fake myself into like sounding as if i know what i'm talking about that is that's my whole thing so it's going to be fine okay so we do that every week lucas is here as well to uh, steer the ship tonight we have a couple of extra little technological bits and bobs coming everybody's way lucas are, are you excited to see how this one pans out everything's gonna work just fine it's gonna be amazing uh and and prof is like you know a professional at filling in and looking like he's uh knows what he's talking about he even got you know hired by yourl there you that you managed know. to scam myself that far. Exactly, you got is this. this Lucas slinging some banter. Is this is this is this coming thick and hot? This is how edgy we get here on Angel TV. This is new, Lucas. Like uh, the the first, like when he linked up with Rush, 
I'm just saying this is like a like a Pokemon evolution going on. So something right. something changed. All right, all right. Well, that's a little bit of a, an Easter egg to what's coming later. Now, this time last week, if you're watching Counter Strike, the two gentlemen we have right now were on your screens, Rops and Twists, were uh, destroying their way through a grand final in Katowice. Uh, boys, thank you for joining us tonight. I guess we'll start off uh, alphabetically speaking. Prof, which ones comes first? Do you know the alphabet well enough? Is it a T no, or is it an R? I don't know anything. I'll put about you on that. the spot here. I don't know first anything names about that. Well. Look, you just but, go by like who you like more, so th that'll be fine. Wow. Okay. So it's going to make it even harder here. So we're going to go with the Commonwealth uh, twist where we're combined by the queen. We can thank her for, for this one here. Uh, Russell, the fact that, that uh, it's been a week, does it feel like it's been a week already? No, honestly, it feels just like yesterday that the, that we won, even though we've had like a, a week of practice. You've been uh, playing this week? Yeah, of course. You didn't, you didn't want to come home and chill out a little bit and you and you guys could actually just relax. You've just gone through a, quite a, a roller coaster of a tournament. You come back, you're immediately in the server. How many days off? Did you have any days off? Uh, we had two days initially, if you count the travel day. And then okay. we played two days and then we just had the, the weekend off. And then we start again tomorrow. All right. Well, Robin, has it still been the up until five o'clock in the morning playing retake servers? Or have you guys actually reeled it back a, a little bit since, uh, since Katowice? I've, I've got more quiet on that myself. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe the other guys are still on the team speak when I, when I leave practice. I haven't checked. Okay. But, all right. Um, that, all that's right. how it was in Katowice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we'll get stuck into that. Let's roll the bumper for the hot seat and we can kick off tonight's, uh, tonight's proceedings. Thank you, Lucas. All right, let's get stuck in the hot seat. And we may as well kick things off with uh, the start of the year, right, Robs? Now, we had you on last year on the show. We're having a bit of a chat. Uh, it just felt like there was something in the water year long that, that Robs wasn't going to be with Mouse come the end of, uh, or come the start of 2022. And, and that came to fruition. You found yourself on Mouse Sports, but you had a couple of decisions to make, mate. Uh, there was, we were hearing rumors of G2. I'm sure Liquid and the likes reached out as well for your services, but you, you found your home at Phase. So do you want to talk a bit about how that all came in the off season and, and whatnot? Of course. Um, well, the the general picture was that I was um, always going to have phase in the top of my priority list. It was more about um, what options I could like explore and what um, like the wild, wild, wilder options. Like if they're ever going to work out, and I I looked up into them a bit, but I mean all. The, the signs pointed towards phase and the, the truth is it's just like the most natural fit for me and it's where I feel the best I in my opinion in in this team and it was just like the most uh yeah, just the most natural choice in the end but yeah there was um g2 there was um some talks with with liquid and vitality those never really went that far I think the second most um Team that I talked to was G2, but uh, I guess everyone knows that the roles would be very difficult to sort out in that team to get it work between me, Nico, and Hunter. So, yeah, just went with face, which I always felt that is the right option, and and I'm happy, <laughs> happy to be here. So far, right? Yeah, straight into a trophy, right? I, I think one of the things here, uh, we can do the flip side of this twist. Like, so you guys wanted Rops, I assume, come the end of the year. But was there ever a thought where you thought, oh, shit, we might not get him? He might not actually be part of the team. Did that did that crop up in the conversation? 
Yeah, uh, at least personally, uh, I was a bit scared that it wasn't not going to be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, FaZe was doing the, the most that they can. And uh, no matter how much they, they can buy him for, it, at the end of the day, it was his decision what team he joined. And uh, I'm very fortunate and, and happy that he chose us. But yeah, around I Am Winter and stuff, I was a bit concerned whether or not we would be able to secure Robin. And uh, honestly, it was sad thinking about not having him because it's, it's really tough to have a player that's not him to, to replace Olaf. You know, it's a perfect, it's literally the perfect fit. And it would have been a disaster, I think, to, to not have him. But depending or not, you know, maybe JKS would have been a good option too. <laughs> but Rob's is literally the perfect fit for this team. Yeah, and and look, uh, I I think that th this is where I bounce back to you, Robs, for a second here, because you did have those other options, right? Those other opportunities. I'm sure they were just as lucrative, maybe if not more, in, in some of the cases. And you get to play with big players as well. But did you did you just come to this conclusion on your own that Phase was going to be the better choice? Because to be honest, like when we were hearing the rumors, I know me and the boys we were chatting about, it and we're like, yeah, if if Robs goes to G2, like it, you know, with being like Timonico, it kind of gets exciting, but. It just like like you said, it didn't make sense role wise. Was this like a choice that that you could see plain as day, or was it something where you reached out for for some people around to give you uh, advice on what the best choice would be? Yeah, of course, this was a decision that I probably sat on for like two to three months. Um, we started like serious talks probably after the major. So up until from the major to the end of the season, we it was all about. Um, Finding out my next team, basically, and it was the toughest decision I've ever made so far in my career, for sure. And um, I didn't really consult people, I guess, but I did ask for some opinions from like some players that I've played with like the longest time and the players I trust the most in, in my career. Like for example, Sunny, you got everyone knows I'm on a good terms with Sunny, for example. So um, I got some advice from him and. I mean, yeah, not so much outside of that, but in the end, it was a very long decision, and like it wasn't even clear if the move would happen by the end of the by the end of the year, mm. like for the next season, or I would have to sit out the first few months of the season to see what the move would be. So it was quite a quite a period. Yeah, in that sense. Okay, seems like it all worked out uh, pretty fortunately. Prof, you got anything with the, with the follow up here to do with you know uh, Rob's joining and I guess last year as well a little bit if you want to tap in. Yeah, I mean just just overall to put into context, you were in Milesports for like five years. How long was it? Twenty sixteen, wasn't it? Yeah, so so that's kind of a it's a long period, and then when you need to leave that and make a decision to go anywhere else, it's obviously not something you do quite lightly. There's also that interesting mini drama with the Vitality CEO, which like implied there are some players, and everyone's like, ah, it's Robs. Robs is just there for the money. Uh, but that was kind of cleared out anyway. Like comments were made about yeah, your decision, and I think everyone can understand that Liquid is definitely a theme that. Like if Shocks can go there and earn more than he earned in Vitality, then probably Robs can earn more, right? Uh, as well, so uh, that that kind of doesn't doesn't really hold that much water. But uh, just going into phase, like how, when you actually sign the thing, you're like, okay, this is my new team. Do you want to say something? There's kind of a smile going on <laughs> the, there. No, it's just the I chat. It's yeah, just the, the chat. 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 It's wild. 
<laughs> it's so cute as well. It's just, it's just the smile. It's the cutest thing you've, that we've ever had spammed in our chat. Book. Yeah, <laughs> I have never seen anything like this. I have to say. <laughs> just tell uh, me, tell me then about joining. Actually, actually, you're you joined Phase. You're you're back with Care again with this uh, beautiful gentleman over here. Uh, how's the? What's the vibe like? What's the first kind of impression? Stuff like that. I think the first impression is that the team is pretty much similar to what we had in Mossports with Carrigan. Um, like the same pieces. Um, I guess you could argue that there's there's even more firepower and more more potential by the list of names that we have on, on paper. And I mean, for me, myself, the roles are basically one-to-one -one with the ones I had in Mouse. Um, yeah, replacing all of we basically have the same position, maybe a bit different type of a player, but uh, the position-wise, everything's the same. Uh, the same. I think some of the other guys had some role changes, like, for example, uh, me and uh, Russell here had the same role in Mirage, for example, on, on the CT side. So um, everyone was super nice to uh, give me all the positions that I had in Mouse, and um, so far it's been working out. So hope it goes that way. And everyone's been super nice and welcoming, and Carrigan is still like the same old leader that I played in Mossports. Like, he's super vocal, he's super... Super, it's, it's just like he's, he leads with by example, you know. He's this type of a leader that uh, he and in the especially like in international teams really needs because I, I think some of the times you don't really have like the culture and the group of people together that you can um, unite, but then yeah, the strong leader who always keeps the team together. And I think it's a really important piece to have. I actually wanted to ask uh, about exactly that because uh, I'll ping this one over to you, Twist, because the, the atmosphere in the team, even with the constant standing situation that you guys just had in Poland, everybody looked like they're having a good time. Everybody looks like when they're in phase, they're having a good time. What, like, How much does, do you attest that to, to Carrigan and, and his leadership, or is that just the whole team actually enjoys playing with each other, strangely enough? Yeah, I mean, I think Carrigan and uh, Ruban make a or our duo of just comedy and and positivity and uh, i think it helps everyone else in the team uh feel that way and yeah i mean obviously with the standing situation there's nothing we can really do except try our best and try our best to have fun and uh but i think we accomplish that pretty much every day and every evening i think the only frustration we had during the event was probably this ot loss on mirage against navi where you know we we most likely had that game. We should close it out. But that was it. Everything else was pretty much fun all the way through. And that's uh, the goal of our, our team is to keep the vibes good. And we know what happens if the vibes aren't good. Is, do you think it's going to be harder now to maintain that, that, that you have one? Or should it be easier now? Because, uh, well, actually, you had all the stand-in situation as well. So you could always play that off mentally, right? That, oh, yeah, we, we, have, a, we have a problem. We have a problem. And we can focus less on, on how much that's going to impact the team. But now that you've been able to achieve what you achieved with the stand-in of Justin. What 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 kind of taste does that leave in your mouth, right? Because it must feel good to win, but you did it with the standards like, oh shit, like now once we have rain back, we're gonna be even ten times better than we just were at this event. Like what kind of feeling is left in the camp after a win like that? Uh it's a great victory, of course, but uh, you know, it's not with the the full team. And I think that leaves a little bit out of it that, you know, rain couldn't be there. But for the rest of the team to, you know, finally win an event after, I mean, for me, it was three years since I, I won my last LAN event. Uh, Robin was more recent, uh, but in the same year. But yeah, it's, it was great. 
but I think our vibes have been good ever since uh, Robin joined. Like our blast stage went well, and uh, we understand that uh, we may have some dumb losses in the the following months because honestly, not having the full lineup throughout the entire tournament is kind of like you miss practice, you know? Yeah, true. It's not it's not the same, and uh, yeah, I think we understand and our expectations are pretty sound. And we just have to, to keep working and hopefully have a, a good week at Pro League. I yeah, mean, see, yeah, we yeah, all know sorry, there's going to be us. some there's going to be some tough matches in in the future. Like we're going to lose, like that's inevitable, right? Um, and we all know that we need to learn from those matches. Like we're not going to win, like we do now. Like I have a hundred percent win rate in phase, which is fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, we're going to lose in or some important matches in the upcoming months and. Um, it's it's key that we we keep believing and we keep building the structure that we have. And I think if we just continue playing and practicing the way we have, I think there's yeah there's just no limit for this team. I I want to just double back here for a second, and this goes for both of you because both of you felt like you were for Ops obviously in a team that that we you weren't didn't have any future with, right? You knew that you were going to be departing come end of the year. And then the same thing kind of for you guys, uh, Twist, over in the phase camp, it felt like Olaf was was always temporary, right? We know what comes out of the camp and you know, always he's always highly praised and he's one of the greats, Olaf is, but it always felt like he was a temporary piece in the team uh, before you guys could reach another level. So this is to both of you here, but did, did part of last year feel like a bit of a waiting room? Like you were just, you were just kind of having to go through the paces until you could have the team or teams that, that you wanted, right? Did, did it feel like that or was it still... Uh, we're competitors. We're always giving the best we can because it must be hard with how long both your careers have been already, and how you've both had varying levels of success already. Like to to keep just that same kind of hungry mindset when you know that there's something coming, there's a change happening. Uh, I guess part of I guess the last months of uh, of 2021 were were kind of like that. Uh, at least in in my mind, uh, I think Olaf was trying his best and doing everything he could for us. But uh, I knew that in order to be a contender for the next year, we, we had to make a change. And I felt that way around uh, Blast Copenhagen. And that's when I, I started asking uh, questions to our coach and, and to Finn about, you know, what, what lies in the future of the, the team, you know, if we're, we're changing or what. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of just, you know, try, try your best, remain as relevant as you can, and try to take as many names as you can. And... Uh, Try to hold on to the hold on to the ranking until we can get Robin. What about you, Robs? What what is Matt like? Because people, especially the the latter half of like last year, is when people started getting a bit like I don't say down on you, but like compared to your status in the community, let's say 2020, 2019, it was like ah, he's not doing that much. He's just baiting around, you know. Uh, did did kind of playing in mouse kill your Kill your how do I say it motivation to a degree? I guess yes and no. I mean, one thing is that um, I knew I'm not gonna continue with Mouse. Uh, I think we had these conversations, yeah, like in after the major or even before that. Um, I was straight up telling Mouse that okay, I'm not gonna re-sign my contract. I will depart after this runs out. And I mean, I've had this feeling ever since kind of the lineup was put together because. It had it had those vibes that it wasn't really the right spot because I was basically the veteran player there in terms of big land experience and big stage experience. 
and it just didn't feel right in in that moment. But obviously, I'm still a professional. I'm like, I'm not gonna like don't give a fuck about it. I'm still gonna do my best and perform uh, to to my highest level. And that's what I did, obviously. And as time moved forward, I, I actually got more motivation because there was uh, another chapter waiting for me and just uncharted waters that I, I haven't explored and playing another team I've, I've never done before. So it got me really motivated in the end, actually. Okay, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask, like, we kind of moved over this, uh, brushed over this earlier, uh, but the the kind of the role changes and swaps and twists kind of adapting to you coming into the team. Uh, this is something that was talked about during Katowice and I think even during Blast. But can you, like, twist from your perspective, can you give me a bit more how how it's working out for you right now? And, like, to some degree, from what I, what I gauged before, is, like, you're enjoying... And being in a not that star role in phase. So uh, did I like misinterpret what you said or how's it going? Uh, I guess, I mean, I, I think the star role is shared amongst three players. And that'd be Brokey, uh, Robin and myself. And uh, I mean, as for the, the role changes or position changes, uh, as always, I'll do anything to, to welcome the new player. And especially knowing how good Robin is. Uh, I would happily move positions for him because I I also like trying new things in game, and uh, you know I think it just adds to my my resume of positions that I can play to a, a high level. And uh, yeah, I mean I think this team now any any one of us can can pop off and and win the game for us. And now it's like how it was before. I feel like me and Brokey had to have a really good game. Like if we were, didn't have a good game like last year, it was going to be kind of tough for us. And I think Finn kind of relied on our consistency. But now it's like, you know, as long as Brokey, Robin, and myself have 20 frags, it's it's okay, you know. As long as we're cleaning up, I think we can get through. And uh, I think Rain is even uh, getting into good form again. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm happy with my, my spot on the team right now. And, you know, if any changes need to be made in the future position-wise, then uh, I'm I'm okay with that. It kind of feels like now you're just spreading out that load a little bit more, right? Based on what you just said, they, the consistency of you guys to drop 30 every game isn't there anymore. It's like, yeah, you can get past with the 20 each. Because that's the thing with you boys when you watch, when Carrigan's having a great game and he's getting away with all the space taking in the entries, like you guys are always going to like win a match like that because the follow through is crazy. But when it's not, you boys are still there. So you have like a nice little safety net of things. Now, I want to move into what happened over in Katowice now, but I want to give the viewer at home, maybe we have some uninitiated here, Prof. Can you give it from that perspective of the how the events unfolded from a from a uh, a, a pundit's standpoint, okay. and then we from can phases, get to, from phases standpoint or just in general? Uh, more in general, like we we because obviously we all know the COVID stuff and, and okay. all the things that happened like all the along the way into to, uh, to paint it into a nice story. Overall, and then what we like can do is we first, can get Rops and Twist to come back in and fill in the gaps. Yeah. First big LAN event of the year. That's that's number one. It's one yep. of the events that it's not a major, but it's almost on that level every year since it's been there happening since 2013, 2014 in CSGO. All of the big teams come there. It's one of the events that, you know, you want to win. Good crowd always, right? So that's where we go into it. Um, there's the play-in stage and the main stage and the group stage. 
I even uh, adapted the ESL terminology. You see how that nice. uh, it's amazing. Actually, I didn't. It's the group stage, not the main stage. Everything's the main stage. But yeah, so we You're started learning. that, and a phase is going in, and we find out like five days before that they're uh, missing Grobs because he got he got COVID, and he's in a boot camp location. Then we pick up like a couple more teams having similar similar stuff going on. Some teams don't even make it because of COVID regulations. So it's kind of messy, right? It's not the it's not as clean and sexy of a big tournament as you'd want it to be. But still, you know, when the tournament kicks off, things are going going in the right direction. Like JKS is standing in first map, bit shaky, bit good. And then things start rolling for them. Most of the favorites go into the main, into the groups. Most of the favorites go into the playoffs as well. We have one of the most stacked playoff brackets, I'd say, of all time. But then the results <laughs> don't really match that. And all the games are super one-sided except the grand final where phase end up winning in like super close fashion over g2 right and then between the groups and uh and the playoffs there's obviously like a grand scale war going on like 600 kilometers from katowice which also puts kind of a damper on everything and affects a lot of the players that are there in the playoffs which is something that we can't really just brush over but yeah the res results are the results and in the end it's like uh it's a really good grand final and a memorable grand final, best of five, and and phase win. That's the that's the story with JKS as a stand-in throughout the whole thing. Because after Robs comes back, rain goes out. That's the that's a great great story right there. So that that's the the fairy tale kind of uh, movie script situation for phase here. But let's let's unpack this a little bit more, Rob. So uh, for you guys, you were boot camping before Katowice, correct? Yeah, we flew in a week early to Warsaw, to uh, Kingwin, to get in a week-long bootcamp for Katowice to be ready. And then on day two, I did a positive test and I had symptoms as well. So I was for sure that I had COVID and I had to quarantine. Okay. So that happens, Twist. You hear the news, Rops has COVID and you're four days out from the start of the playing stage. Immediately, what are you thinking? Uh, my first thought was like, uh, nice fucking boot camp, boys. We have, <laughs> we've done really good with this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, it was a very tricky situation. Honestly, we didn't know uh, where to go from there. We didn't know if uh, if we'll be. We're, our goal was to play the event. They even make it to the event. That was our first goal because we we're getting worried that if someone else has positive, it might be might be GG for us. But uh, pretty much uh, when Robin had the positive COVID test. Uh, we immediately starting reaching out the descendants. Uh, Finn was looking at, at this like page that you guys actually put up with all the free agents and everything. And the first name that popped up or came to mind was uh, JKS, but Finn was trying to look at other options too. So our plan one was to get a Sandin. And uh, and then, yeah, we had to figure out plans to, to make it to the, the event. So in case anything, we actually got to Katowice early. So just in case anything happened, and one of us unfortunately test positive. At least we're at the event, and you know we don't have two tans, uh, two stand-ins now. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I don't know. I don't. Our positivity has probably saved us from from being depressed. Yeah, I, I think the fact that you guys like were able to tackle it and get on top of it so quick, it, like that's a key, right? And and this is one of the the things that uh, Twist points out here, Robs, is that because you were in Warsaw. And the team got to Katowice. You couldn't do what Boomich was doing, correct? You you were not permitted by the rules to be able to play from the hotel room because it was in a different city, right? Yeah, correct. So ESL has this rule that you need a negative uh, uh, test 
not sure whether it's PCR or antigen, but regardless, uh, you need a negative test to enter that tournament area, the hotel. And so Boomich was able to do that. I was not. Therefore, um, I was not in the tournament area and I couldn't play at that time. So when you were detached from the team and you were over there in, in Warsaw, did you have a PC and everything available too so you could keep like playing just to in case you did get better and you were able to go and, and rejoin the team? Yeah, so King Winners actually super, super uh, nice. And they managed to uh, bring the setup to my hotel room. And they did everything I, I basically needed that I could play. I could, um, I don't know, watch the games. Uh, get, I don't know, good food, whatever. Um, they were really helpful over there. And I was able to, yeah, play uh, during the days, during the days that I had. Obviously not like full-on practice or anything, but I could uh, yeah, stay warm, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, so this is one of the things for people who aren't too familiar when you're a, a foreigner and, and at the moment when there's a lot of a lot of regulations changing around COVID literally every day, like things are getting wheeled back here, there, and things are constantly chopping and changing. Maybe some of our viewers don't get to do as much traveling as, as we do at the moment, but it's a bit of a nightmare out there. Good for them. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, you, you start to look up, okay, so if you test positive here, what does it mean? When do you get released? And then you have to deal with what ESLs protocols and everything are. So basically it was a bit of a fucking mess. Uh, that whole period, I think is probably the, the best way of putting it. Um, but look, we, we, we ended up getting you back, but before that, that's when JKS had to stand in. So twist. You, you're able to get him on the phone. You're able to get him back. You hear that he hasn't played Counter-Strike for two, for two months because he hasn't had access to a PC and all this nonsense. You, are you at that point going, fuck, like he, he's a good player, but after two months, what, what's he going to be able to contribute? What, what was the thought process there? Uh, I really had to convince uh, Robon and, uh, and Finn that he was still the best <laughs> fit for the, the team because they wanted to take... a one of the Danish players that was still, you know, playing the game, like Bobski or uh, there's, there's one more name. I can't remember actually, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I really had to convince them that JKS was still the, the best option. And I didn't care that he didn't play the game for two months. And I actually felt like his time on complexity was uh, inaccurate rep a representation of what he can do as a player. And uh, I think the system that complexity had, which is bad for him. So I really wanted to, have, I wanted him to have a chance in our team to, to play, and I think our, our best option was was him. The, he's a lurker. He could fill in for, for ops. And uh, yeah, obviously, you guys know the, the the whole story now. Yeah, so I, look, the thing is, he, he this is the, the fun inside part, right? Is like There's obviously the connection with me and Justin. He messaged me. Well, I actually messaged him before. As soon as I'd heard the news about you guys, I messaged him. I was like, Faze are going to ask. He's like, no fucking way. And then he was like, if they do, I haven't played in two months. And I'm starting to tell him, I'm telling him about like, everybody has probably experienced this, right? Where you play Counter-Strike again after having a couple of weeks off and you feel fresh. That first game back, your aim just feels, because like, the mental's there. You know how to play Counter-Strike, right? You just, for some reason, mechanically, your first game's good, but then maybe your third, fourth or fifth after that starts to get a bit ropey. But, uh, you know, I was, I was telling him that this could be a great opportunity and I didn't expect it to work out like this. My thought process was, <laughs> If he can come and play and just do, he does as long as he doesn't do worse than Olaf, he just has to contribute. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean that for the team, right? As long as he can contribute the same amount, then the team could achieve what you guys could have achieved otherwise, right? Like he just needed to chip into that level. You were already used to operating with Olaf for all the last year. Rops has only been in the team for a short period of time at that point. It's like, yeah, that they, they can still get it done. And then you guys 
look to to make him comfortable what what's the situation right when you have a stand-in because there's a lot of talk around Carrigan and how well he uses the player but how does it work for the rest of you guys because the conversation that we had before about yeah playing retake service till five o'clock in the morning was that actually part of integrating him that you guys were all pretending like it was a BYOC land and you were doing all-nighters or something ridiculous like what what went on with all of that because it seemed like you guys built a strong team cohesion quickly I, I guess, yeah. I mean, the more time that we spent together, uh, I guess playing retakes until 5 a.m. was just, you know, uh, a side effect of having a good team culture. But uh, obviously, when you have a stand-in and the stand-in is actually a really good player, I think the 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 best mindset is I have is that he's actually part of the team for the whole event, and you have to try your best and do everything you can with him to make him feel comfortable. So even though Robin wasn't there, uh, I was still creating setups that I would eventually use with Robin, but for now, JKS will be that player that's part of the setups. And I think it helped him feel more comfortable too and probably motivated that, you know, the players around him want him to be, like, more involved and, you know, they're still creating new stuff to, to use with him. And uh, I think the personalities on our team uh, fit with his really well. And, uh, yeah, I think he... I, I think he had the most fun in CS that he's had in, in a while with us. Maybe ever. Like, <laughs> I've never seen Justin smile that much in his entire... I know he's lifting a tier one trophy at the end of the day, but even before that, I'd never seen him smile so much in his life. Um, so and let's... Chad played for him for like five years. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> well he that's... didn't smile much playing with me. I'll give you the hot tip. You had to deal with the mental guy yelling all the time. Um, but look, let's, let's bounce back, because obviously you guys make it through the play-ins, you make it out the group stage, but the, the big news is... Rops, on the same day, now correct me if I'm wrong here, on the same day, you test negative and can come and play, Rain test positive. Was that the same day? Yeah, that was uh, an extreme rollercoaster, <laughs> roller yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got to Katowice, I tested negative, I got to my hotel, I got like a few hours of sleep. It was right before our Fnatic match, so I, I traveled at night before our Fnatic match, so like I, I didn't sleep. For that match, I got to the hotel. Um, I could nap for like a hour at max, and then yeah, just go to the school set up and play the match. And then when I got to the hotel, our manager was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, you're here, but but wait, there's some other news." Oh yeah, <laughs> and Rain was uh, positive right right at that moment. Ah, that was really funny. Uh, Rob Robin's like at the hotel, he's resting, and everything's super good. And then I was like uh, getting ready to go to the practice room, and I, I look at my, uh, the a chat and rain posts in chat. Boys, we have a fucking problem. Oh, <laughs> nah. It's the positive result. Oh, <laughs> I was nah. like, oh my god. Well, the classic uh, good news, bad news uh, problem. Let's go. Well, but yeah, th this is where you found yourself in the situation, right? Where okay, so at least rain could play the next couple of games from the hotel, right? So, so that was okay. But Brokey missed out on that match as well. We'd never found out why Brokey wasn't there with the team but there's only three of you and you could see you guys doing a huddle and pretending that the other teammates <laughs> were with you right so you you, you made made uh, fun of the situation but then did this not become a bigger concern because uh, twist before you were talking about yeah jcast made sense for the roles that were available from rops but now we've just gone from roles that were available for rops to entry fragging did did, did it like dampen the mood or did it just go okay well we've already done it let's just fucking do it again because it, it's a big change to go from doing the lurky boy players to being the entry fragger right yeah i think it was kind of just uh let's do it again kind of vibe and 
I think I, when that happened, I understood that I would have to be more aggressive as a as a player as well to to compensate for Rain not being there because Rain makes a, a ton of space for uh, Brokey, Robin, and myself to you know be in the clutch situation together and use our skill post plant wise. But yeah, I mean, I think Justin did the most that he he could. I, I sat next to him in the practice room and I seriously he was watching like ten demos like a night. Constantly, like in the server, like getting used to uh, the positions that Rain plays on TZ side, and uh, he was even spectating our scrims uh, that we were still playing with uh, with Rain. So he was just spectating Rain the whole time, seeing what he does. So yeah, I think as a team we did the most as, that we could, and I think for him himself, he did more than he could. I think he put a hundred percent, more than a hundred percent effort into into the game and making sure that he can fill the void that that Rain is leaving. Cool. All right. I think yeah, technically we we try to make as many compensations as possible. Like we try to find roles between the players, which which we all have played during our careers. Yeah. So for example, um, Twist and JKS, which is on Nuke CT, where Twist had played outside for some time in phase, I believe. Yeah. And then JKS, I think, had played A side on Nuke. Yeah. So we tried to find the roles that um we, we all had played during our career but there were some maps which <laughs> which it didn't work out notably in the grand final i think the last uh last two maps actually which were ancient and overpass if, no it was ancient and there. new we're ancient, very yeah. we're very lucky that g2 perma bans overpass <laughs> yeah ancient and overpass were one of those maps which we had no solution basically like uh, maybe yeah, someone to play the A side, right? Two players had to play roles which they've never played before. So we were, we were really fortunate that we didn't go to those maps. But still, um, so much fucking credit to JKS. I mean, he was doing every role possible, basically. It's it's one of those things where you look back at the story and it, it obviously for all the reasons that, that happened there within the event, it's a memorable win, right? You get through the adversity with the stand-in situation, obviously Rops for you having COVID, then the rain. Like There's so many things here to remember about this. And then as you mentioned earlier, Twist, you guys lifting your first trophy in three years, right? So uh, it, it probably validates both of your moves here quite early. Now, I... Prof, do you want to hone in anything else about Katowice on the wins, or should we yeah, save that? Yeah, I think just like a shout out to JKS. Okay. I know you're going to support this one. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm going to stop now. It's too popular. I need the, to the playoff, play against it. The, the playoff entry for Agro JKS, like that's 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 some good shit. Like right, right. I mean, that shouldn't be that shouldn't go that well. Just like the stats were insane. I, I'm just opening it now because we did the like a storyline and numbers thing, like. 25.7 attempt rate. So that's like fairly high, not like your Kindar and Eco level, but like that's a lot of entry duels and then winning like 57%. That's super good for, for a rifler to win that that much. Uh, it's just uh, really cool. I don't know if you saw it, but I changed your, your nickname down there. It says now objective JKS fan. Uh, <laughs> That's it. No more delusional. It's like the same person, but the but the nickname is different. Like that guy's uh, banned for ten years, apparently. Yeah, I don't know why. I need to I know maybe, what he maybe, did. maybe we can look into that. Probably Investigate. Not, probably nothing. Nothing <laughs> super bad. Jonathan E can be, you know, he can be mean sometimes. He's just no, 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 no limits with him. It just There's goes no off. bullshit around Jonathan yeah. E's forums. You know what I mean? Okay. So th that's kind of that. I don't know if we want to touch on the grand final a bit or, or or anything. I think because it was a really it was a really interesting game and overall just like G2's run was very interesting. 
seeing that Monacy was apparently like the best player on on the stage or whatever. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, he plays better on stage than than in normal oh, normal studio environments. This could be a fun question for them. Did you guys do anything specifically to target Nico? Because when he starts like panic buying AWPs on the CT side, you got to think something's going on. Were you guys surprised that he you negated so much of his impact? I think not specifically, but for example, on Mirage, um, we had a really good CT start. And I remember, um, so it was me and JKS sometimes pushing A, where Nico lurks as T. And we won a lot of, lot of entries against him. I think he was just having a rough game. And um, when he showed in the group stage how fucking capable of a player he is, and I think it's just unfortunate that he didn't show up this time. But it was more of a, I think it's situational. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I think Justin was just uh, bullying him in, in Palace every time he pushed. Uh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just so, sometimes the, the game just goes out like that, you know, where everything you do is just not working. And I think every every top tier player has experienced that at some point in their, their career, you know, and people always like uh, bash them for it. Every time Simple has like a, a bad map out of like 90, he gets hate for it. So. I think it just happens, and it just happened to be at, in that moment in the final. I think the energy and the confidence which we had at that time was just, was just I don't know, it was like in on another dimension because we had come 2-0, 2-0 in this uh, quarter and semi, and then in the grand final, like we, like we gave no fucks. We just we just went with huge balls in the match and just showed who we are. I, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I think Hunter actually deserves probably the most of the praise. I think he was like by far their most stable player in playoffs. And he doesn't have like the, the best roles like in their in the team either. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think I think he was the only reason that Mirage went for so long. Hunter was just getting three K's like in every important area on every round, pretty much. Did you guys think that game was ever going to end? Like it just felt like it, it kept, was going to keep giving and it didn't seem like it was going to stop that match. Yeah, it was really funny. I mean, the overtime break at 27-27. I think half of the server went for a toilet break. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the notorious uh, break which won us the game. But, broke, his, uh, broke his comment, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I think from our team, I was the lone one sitting on the stage and everyone else left because they all had to uh, yeah, get it done as, as soon as possible. <laughs> But then uh, I don't know something something happened during that break that that I don't know gave some new ideas and somehow manages to win the game. Bro, Brookie was a different person after coming back from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was I saw I watched the match back and he was sitting like chair or delpan like in mid holding short at one thirty five in the round. Well, we're out a, and I was like, damn, that's the most aggressive op lurk I've like ever seen. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We had uh, some time to think about new ideas. What was going on with with Brokey this event? Like the way he played some of these like mid rounds, late rounds was like no fucks given. I guess th this kind of just goes along with the storyline that you're presenting right here. But there was like no respect at all from this guy. It felt like he was playing against I don't know matchmaking. Like uh, the retake server plays. Like is is it actually <laughs> just the retake server? Like he's pushing into A on Inferno retaking on his own. Like Kerrigan's on on B, maybe somewhere in Arch. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm in pit right now. So fuck <laughs> you guys. Uh, 
I think Brookie just, I don't know, I think he played like a, a man possessed. And yeah, I think um, the retake service really must have worked for him because uh, he he seriously didn't care. It, it was like, it could have been like 4v4 and I think he would have went for the retake alone and, and probably won the round for us anyway. Uh, I mean, we even saw it against Heroic as 3v4 and he decided yeah. to just retake the site alone. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He was... I mean, I'm very proud of him. He is a different person at this event, I guess, in a, in a very good way. He was very calm, composed, and, and extremely confident. And uh, I don't know. It was, it was super nice to see him play like this. Yeah, individually, I think he prepared a lot. I mean, in, in the practice room, me and him were sitting next to each other. Every time I looked to my left where he was sitting, the, uh, I don't know, a, a POV demo of another opera was playing. He was actually watching a lot of demos and doing a lot of preparation for his own game. I think he, I mean, obviously, I don't know um, from the previous uh, times that Fades had, but he really showed a lot of hard work this tournament, and I think he's capable of, of doing even more. And also, finally, like the, the retake servers that we played with our, our whole team, it, we had a lot, of, a lot of situations in actual matches that were like one-to-one -one in the retake servers, and that's the first time ever like that's actually for me paid off like that's crazy that's actually crazy yeah no like the, to think about like how random those situations can be and for them to actually line up and be applicable right like you do it because you're going through the motions but you don't expect it to be similar that you can use in that fashion that's actually really cool okay i don't know i saw all of us doing it i don't know i think uh and even i it was even before the event though like we're playing overpass and the bomb just goes down against Sprout, and Finn is like pushing bank in a 4v4 with AK, and he's killing like three people in CT. That is like peak retake server moments. Yeah. So I think it was just a start from the beginning of the tournament, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. The retake server is going to be the new, the new thing in practice for everybody yeah. going forward, I think. Um, all right. This is actually a really good uh, springboard for us to now talk uh, about the rest of the year for you guys um, and, and the potential for the team, right? Because sure, Katowice was great. You lift the trophy. It's a memory that you're going to have. Uh, you get the whole standing story. Someone will probably make a movie and put it on Netflix. But now the team, now that you know what you're capable of, now you've seen the state of the nation of a, a lot of the other squads out there on debut with the new rosters. Where does FaZe fit into this? Like, is are we going into an era where you think that Counter-Strike is going to be hyper-competitive and anybody can win any any given Sunday? Or are you guys like, actually, you know what? We're, we're the fucking best right now already. Let's go. Like, what's the state of FaZe? Uh, Either or. Like, I don't know. One of you can be cocky or you can you can both be, you know, you can be humble. You can you can downplay it all. It's just it's an interesting spot, right? We know what's going to go on with the CIS teams for a little while. That's the, well, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we know that there's going to be a bit of an asterisk around them. Like, where do you guys sit? Do you think that there will be a clear favorite in Counter Strike in the next couple of months, or or it's going to be up in the air? Well, I said this before. Uh, pretty much after Blast ended, I believe that we were a top three team uh, going into Katowice with our even like time we had, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Katowice felt weird because I think teams played so scared against us and it, it made the game way easier for us than it should have been I believe but I, I think in the future that's going to change and I mean I think this year is, was shaping up to be the most competitive year uh, of CS ever and then the fucking war happened so I think uh, we have to make the best out of it and uh, I think I hope the CIS teams you know are still competitive and they put time I, and the Gambit's still practicing so I know that they're they're trying hard right now, but 
yeah, I mean, obviously we have to stay humble and continue working. Gambit feel like that team, even like, even if they don't go to events for a year, they'd still be practicing. That's, that's kind of how I see them. It's like, ah, what else can we do? Let's just do eight scrims today. And like, maybe in two years we'll play an event. Uh, that's kind of like, <laughs> not funny. It's like, okay, we need to do some drills on this, on this A execute. It's kind of not that great. Uh, but yeah, really rough situation. We'll see. That's kind of the future, the EPL and everything, how that's going to go down. We'll see. I don't think Gambit said anything. We haven't publicly. heard anything yet. No. Virtus, Virtus Pro did, but yeah, doesn't mean that the players will actually get there. That's a whole whole different yeah, yeah. of worms. I All guess. the flights in that part of the world like, are fucked at the moment. I know someone from Latvia who just traveled to Katowice and they had to take three flights. So it's like at the moment, it's 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 just a bit of a mess. All right, let's do this. Let's jump into Skin, you know, and then we got something a bit special for tonight. And then we're going to keep talking Counter-Strike anyway, boys. Uh, are we ready for this, Lucas? I'm just going to find the... I'm just going to... What? What? I'm... This is so unserious and yeah. not professional. They definitely can't hear us now. Like, what are you talking about? Like this. What are you guys doing? They hear us. We have to be professional. We have... No. We, I just want to find you the link. Back. This is talk back. This is ASMR. Um, everybody already knows what's coming. Bitskins is getting spammed in chat. We're going to do skin unit. Is it special edition tonight? Or are it's they just like, tandem? It's like, yeah, they're playing together. They're a team. It's phase related for four phase questions. Related. Okay. And then the fifth one, I couldn't, couldn't figure out another phase question. So it's just like a random recent, recent news question. All so right. that's it. Okay. Well, summarize this one for everybody playing at home in chat right now. If you're a live viewer, type Bitskins, no exclamation point, necessary to enter the draw. Rops and Twists are going to be battling through some of the best Counter-Strike questions that Prof could muster in the hour before the show today about yeah, phase. So we're going to be having you two teaming up. For every question you get right, we move up a tier of skins, and one lucky viewer in our chat will be walking home with a skin either valued at $0.50 cents or $50 or somewhere in between. Ready to get this one started, boys? I'm ready. Uh, yeah. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Who wants to be a skinnier question number one? We really need some game show music. FaZe won their first CSGO LAN as an organization in 2017. Which event was it? Is it A, Star Series Season 3, B, ECS Season 4, or C, IEM Sydney? Star Series for sure. Oh. Why are you so certain? Russ? Yes? I was going to say ECS, actually. but uh, ECS, we, I, I played against FaZe that match. Ooh. They won. And I, mean... I know that was, uh, that, was, that was already the super team era. And I think they, I'm pretty sure they won tournaments before. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, with me, Yoshima, it was Star Series. Okay. This is some confident stuff. Twist, you backing him in? Am I locking this in? Uh, I mean, for me, I lost to them the whole year. So, yeah, I don't know which one it was, but Robin's probably right. All right. Locking in A, Star Series Season 3. And the correct answer is A. All right. Confidence is paying off here. Let's get into question number two. What was the last map of the IM Katowice 2018 Grand Final? Was it A, Inferno, B, Mirage, or C, Train? I think it was Train. I mean, it I was one of the maps was the Flesher Train. I'm not sure if it was the last map. Was it the last one? I think it was. That was the deciding factor. And then Flesher just, I don't know. Did Flesher things. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. Was... I don't know if it's life game. He had a lot of life games like that. <laughs> But yeah, I still don't know if he sure. did it or not. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Here we go. Uh, 
What Flip are we that. thinking? That's going to get 100k views on some random YouTube Mate, channel. Me, telling, <laughs> me, me saying that Flamey shouldn't have quit a game early apparently ended up being front page Reddit. You can't say anything these you days. You can't do anything. You can't put stickers on guns anymore. Fuck yeah, now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Boys, am I locking in train before we run out of time here? I guess. 11 seconds. That's for me. I'm locking it in. Locking in train. And I know this one is correct. This one is 100% correct. Uh, I, I'm loving the knowledge that we got coming out here. You guys are very confident. All right. Uh, question number three. Before joining forces, our guests last faced off in EPL season 14, where FaZe took a 2-1 win over Mouse. Who had a higher rating? Rops with 1.29, Twist with a 1.14, or Tied at 1.05? Oh, okay. Uh, what a question this is. Oh, yeah. This is weird. Good one. I don't know. For me, uh, I mean, Rops having a 1.3 rating sounds pretty legit. <laughs> Not gonna lie. No, I have no idea about this one. But phase one, this two, is, one. This is gonna, way too specific for me. I'm gonna go for the tied one, actually. Wow. Okay. It's like no ego play. Uh, yeah. Robs, what are you thinking? And I want to see say twists because they won the match. That would be the logical answer. I don't okay. remember playing that good though. We got we got seven seconds. Go with the Taiwan then. Okay. <laughs> look at it and see. I, look, I, I, I respect it. I respect it. But let's see what the correct answer here is. Rops with a 1.29. Yeah. Okay. It's an absolutely ridiculous question. It was just, about, yes. the, it was just about the process, right? <laughs> but the, yeah, the answers. You got the answers you wanted, right? You both flattered each other and then you ended up uh, going with the tied one. So yeah. that's the perfect answer. We're too humble. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number four. When was the last time FaZe were ranked top three in the world? October 2019, June of 2020, or July of 2021? Uh, I think June 2020, Ooh. I believe. Okay. Very confident. I actually don't know. That's any the any reasoning? Frame doesn't work out. I don't know. I just know that they won what that event the, in 2020. What was the peak after Cologne you guys had? I think we only reached top four. But then it wasn't Cologne. Then it might be. Yeah. You finished fifth to six in Cologne, so probably can't be top three out of that. Do I finish? Fourth, third at Cologne. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Big Gambit, Gambit, right? Big Gambit. Uh, but yeah. Wasn't that in July? That was in, 20, in, July, in 2020, they definitely won an event. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got eight they seconds. They won New York, but I don't remember when New York I was. I think we go with uh, Russell here. June? June? Yeah. yeah. All right, lock it in June. Correct answer is June 2020. Okay. What did they do, Prof, to get themselves that? It was like the, what is it, I Am Summer, I Am New York, something like that. It was like Nico's I, last event. Wasn't I Am Summer OG one? It was yeah, I Am New was, York. Online. I Am New York then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Online. That was like okay. Nico's parting gift when he was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, beat, he beat me too, actually. Uh, yeah, okay. probably. And it's like, okay, never going to play with you guys again. All right, all right, all right. Some, all right, let's get into question number five, the fifth and final. Which of the following teams hasn't qualified for the Asian RMR? Is it A, Linvision, B, Tyloo, or C, BT Gaming? It's not phase related. Or uh, maybe it is in some way. Who knows? Well, maybe some former phase people are playing here. Well, as far yeah. as I know, Linvision is not even in Asia, I don't know. I thought ah, they'd been but in Maybe Europe that's why time. you may have just found the loophole because there was a qualifier in Dubai. What? Well, okay. I think it's like there's only one Chinese slot. So one team had to qualify through a different slot. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say Vici. Do they even have a team? Ooh. <laughs> Legit. I'm, I'm saying Vici. Uh, we'll people, go with the stab in the dark. Robin, people and Weibo are going to be upset about this comment. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen Lin, Vision, and Tyloo play in the last month, I think. So yep. I, I haven't seen Vici, I think. So I can agree on that. I like the logic. Let's lock it in. D, Vici Gaming. And that is correct. Lin, Vision actually qualified uh, in that, like, was it Middle, Middle East, East in qualifier? Middle East, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got four out of five correct, boys. And, well, I feel like the one of the questions was to force you guys to get the wrong answer anyway. So uh, you, you did the best you possibly could with tonight's quiz. That's who wants to be a skin unit. And Lucas is going to draw our lucky winner right now. It is Sabika or Sebika underscore 99. 99. Um, born in 99, making me feel real old. Okay, uh, let's jump forward into the recent news. Play the bumper. And, uh, yeah, we'll get this one going. All right, we're back. I'm going to be jumping into the recent news any second, but we also have somebody standing by who's been very quiet on the sidelines. He's just been sitting here listening into the TeamSpeak conversation. Uh, Mr. Rushley Ranger, are you with us? I see the same thing, like lighting up, but nothing's we, we can hear him. Ayo, what up? What up? There Sorry we go. About that. Ayo, what up? Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Rush. Uh, we've brought you in for a very special reason here this evening. Do you want to yes, explain sir. yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to sit on the server and just press some buttons, I think, right? I think that's what I was uh, signed up for. Yeah, so basically, uh, I've got Rush in here. I've, I've, I've blackmailed him, boys. And we're going to get him to... Uh, we're going to pick a game that's currently on for the RMR qualifiers. We're gonna He's going to jump in the GoTV. We're going to have a feed going for all the viewers. You guys will have a... Robson Twist will have a YouTube feed to watch as we're going. But we're just going to talk Counter-Strike. So if anything exciting happens on the screen, Rush will probably be like, oh my God, it's an ace. And then we can look. But otherwise, we're just going to be talking CS with CS on in front of us. So let's pick uh, a game. Just before anyone get mad, Rush yeah. is going to be talking just like me, no camera. But it's not because I didn't want Rush on a camera. Rush doesn't actually have a webcam plugged in. We can't okay, even put him on. Yeah. Well, that's an excuse, I say. There may be one in a box somewhere, but uh, I keep that thing uh, very hidden away. Well, if you have a webcam, it means you have to have a shower every day. If you use it, I just don't see the point, go. you know? That's what I your put room. up with every day, guys. Do you guys? really have to shower every day, though? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I feel like people can tell, you know? I don't know. Hmm. Do it, but I mean, it's not really environment-friendly to shower every day. It's true. Not, I, I, like... dude, I hate being wet. I hate drying off, dude. It's, it's the worst thing ever, so... Yeah. Okay, Rush, I'll put an IP in the chat. Do you just want to start there, and we'll see what games come our way? Because the Fnatic We're going ones... for the Fnatic Fates, right? If 15, the Fnatic Fate goes OT, then we'll jump in there. If not, we, we won't. Now... Um, Twist and, and, and Rops, you guys are in the server with Rush quite frequently. Um, I don't know if you know this, but when you're in the server with him, he has a little technique. He will uh, run up to you and he'll jiggle peek corners. Rush, do you want to talk him through your, your methodology here, how you're helping them warm up? Yeah, basically, um, I feel like it's kind of BM if I start shooting players. Like, the worst thing I can think is affecting the game by me being in the warm-up. And if I just, look like, dome Rops or something like that, you know, I, I don't think it actually affects his mental, but I think it would be bad. <laughs> so all I do, I just shoot around them to give them, like, a sense of threat, and I, like, jiggle peek corners just so they, like, can get some warm-up, you know? How do you guys feel about that? Is that do you appreciate your observers uh, helping you warm up? That's that's two hundred IQ. I like that. <laughs> I think it's respectful. That's 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 how I see it. Do you guys ever play any like silly buggers uh, pre-game with Rush in the server? I know that some players like to do little jumps with him. They do. They, have you guys had any good Rush experiences, or do, you, or do you keep your observers on the sidelines where they should be? 
think I've showed cool boosts to observe. Oh, yes, you the... did on, yeah, uh, yeah. on Dust 2. Yes, that's correct. I remember that. Yeah, we, we do uh, funk around here and then in, in the warm-ups before the match starts. Yeah, we do. That's good fun. I enjoy that stuff. It's chill. Now, um, this... Fnatic just won with uh, Alex 4K, by the way. Okay, so that game's 16, over? 14, a Fnatic qualified. So okay. the next one would be, like, it's the seeding game, but Fnatic Eternal Fire could be... Could be pretty pretty legit. Our boy Woxix over there. I don't know any and like the Fanatic boys are there with some like weird combination. Um and we also have this uh gamer legion skate thing going on. Yeah, just put the, the YouTube link in there in case you boys didn't have it. This is what yeah. uh, the stream is gonna be seeing, and this is Rush actually observing right now. So we can talk about this game as we go, but let's go through the news that we have available to us and we can talk a bit about it. Now, uh let's go this. We have a new addition to Big. Uh, they used Crimbo in the RMRs, and they were actually able to qualify for the RMR, right? In the RMR qualifier. Um, and Keto got sidelined. Prof, was there ever an official reason given why Keto wasn't playing? Or did they just no, say, we're just no, using No, they didn't Krimbo? even say that it's like, it's permanent or not permanent or whatever. It's just like, oh, Keto, he's not going to be here. So that's it. It's like Striker, he's not going to be here today. And maybe he comes back, maybe not. I don't okay. really know. Uh don't really have any inside information on this. Didn't really reach out to to find out what the what the thinking was. Um, seems like a, kind of a trial almost to see how good the kid is. Can he fit in? Can he you know be that new fifth or whatever big are currently needing? Which is maybe what we can talk about. But they made it through in the end, and he he was kind of decent in a couple of the games in the qualifiers, but. I don't know, nothing that I can really take some like massive takeaways from. I think he was also like in-game leading the academy team. So okay. that's a kind of a fun fact to know. That's curious. And he's been around. He's like, he seemed like by far the best player in that team. Probably too good to be on a big academy team. Like he could be on a alternate attacks or a sprout or something like that. But, you know, bigger just picking up the upcoming German talent and making sure they have the next players that they don't have to wait two years to get, you know, the Faven, yeah, Faven, yeah. yeah essentially. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask, uh, how do you guys see, see big? Because for Prof and myself, right, a striker, I would say as well, it's a team that feels like it maybe should be having more consistent results than, than they do. do how, how do you guys view big as a team? Are they like real strat heavy? Do you, what, what, what can you see problems with this team? Uh, Personally, I, I don't, but I I've always felt like they were like the gatekeepers to like the top ten like scene kind of you know like if you want to get into the top ten you're probably gonna have to go through big at some point at some event, but uh, yeah I don't know I know Searson's a, a great player and Tapson's a, a good fragging IGL and he seems like he's super passionate about his his team and uh, the org and everything so I don't know I can't find any reasons and I think it's pretty weird to run a stand-in through such a major event literally like it's the hardcore trial so i don't think it's permanent yeah the, they can bring bring keto back right because you can sign up six players and yeah. you can replace one before the actual event starts which is seemingly what astralis are doing as well because if they if they didn't have lucky signed up as their fifth they would lose the three-man core so they have to requalify, and they haven't been playing any of the of the qualifiers so essentially they're just going to sign up Lucky and replace him with Farlik, most likely, right? Uh, so that's kind of the the vibe there. I don't know. What do you think, uh, Robin, about uh, Big? Are they are they legit? Are they a top five team as Maui Snake is uh, preaching for the last three months? 
I guess I agree with uh, Russ mostly. Um, they were. I'm not sure what their peak was. Were they ranked num one number one in the online era? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Like a week. If they can do that online, then <laughs> I, I guess they're the real real shit. Um, but I guess right now, yeah, if they're making moves, they're not certain about um, their roster and stuff like this. I guess they are in like in the top ten area. But as a team, I think they are extremely technical in individuals. Like you always see some kind of innovation in some strats or in some moves from the players, and you always see like how far you can push the mechanical aspect of CS from them. So I think as 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 players, they are very capable. Um, it's just whether they get the right mix of players, and I guess they are limited to German German players right now. One of the things I always looked at with this team was it always felt like they would go to their gimmicky strats or their really cool utility would be the focal point as opposed to their firepower. And it felt like they always had like more firepower than they were showing. Like Tabson has to be one of the better fragging in-game leaders you have out there, right? Like you look at him as a name and then when Sirison is playing well and then, okay, well now we've got Faven in there to try and contribute in that role. It felt like if you could get a little bit more consistency out of Keto and you could have, you know, Tizian still being that supportive element, then yeah, you, you could have a more of a potent team if they focused on their play style because they're also really prep heavy. There was a game last year, Rops, when they were versing you guys uh, as mouse sports on Mirage and they had just identified your default. They can drop Sirius in that window every round and he could go underpass with AWP on Mirage and they would, hey, would almost have full map control and they knew you guys were going to finish A or whatever the fuck it was. They had, but it worked for them in the first half, but then when they flicked over and they're on the other side, like, and they on the T side and they had to kind of dictate the pace, they didn't really have a whole lot going for them. So. I don't know. I look at this team as, at least previously, now with NK there, maybe they'll focus a bit more on their firepower. But um, yeah, I think they, they need to back themselves as individuals a little bit more. There's always a hard balance, right, between the tactics and, and, and the individual firepower. But I guess they're not like a phase. They're not just five stars in a server. Um, all right, let's move this forward. Let's talk always about... The, always the phase model, right? Yeah. There's the one, one thing that, like, with your current team, probably by far the most dangerous team in like 3v5s or like 3vx situations like the the number of these rounds that you guys win is just fucking insane i, I don't know how it feels to be on this team but i feel like you know you lose a couple of entries like you know whatever as long as we get some map control we're just gonna win the round is that kind of the vibe with you guys right now yeah for sure i mean obviously hard to predict how it's going to continue in the next tournaments but in, in, in Katowice. Uh, we had a ridiculous percentage of winning 45s and also um, four spies. I think it was like that yeah, we lost the lost the pistol round. Um, fuck it, we'll just win. We'll win the next round. Like who cares? It, it's a good style of counter strike you're bringing back with that, though, right? Because um, I was having this conversation the other day. Like the saving meta we had online was like boring the viewers to death. I can't imagine how it was for the players. Like after you give up two entry kills on the on banana, then you're just saving for the next fucking minute and 30 seconds. Like I'm glad that we're not in that type of counter-strike anymore. And and it's like a land CS as well, right? You can attest to just the way that FaZe play in arenas to see that the counter-strike is so much more interesting. Does the game feel like it's playing differently to when we were in the the midst of of Gambit saving guns every round and, and the same game time? Does Does it feel different or am I just... Does it look different? I think it definitely feels and looks different for sure. I mean, you can just even look from the statistical point of view that you have teams winning games who are rated worse than the losing team. And I think that just shows how much the saving factors are 
are are playing uh, playing in in terms of the game and it's it's as a player it's super hard to to play rounds when you know that the opponents could have an op or free rifles saved every round and it's like you have to treat every round as a gun round like you can't even play anti eagles or stuff like this like it's it's super hard cs to play against for sure yeah what do you think uh twist do you think it, you it was you know that meta was just because it was online and so you could you could hear all the sounds and everything and it was much easier to be focused in your own room or boot camp environment and then this this land counter strikes a bit more sporadic like or is it is uh is am i putting too much into it because there's also the silence there four factor that's playing into a lot of this as well well i think online you can play perfect cs or like very close to it you know you can be like 95 percent perfect on land it's going to be very hard to to reach perfect cs because there's a lot of things that you're not taking into account like you get nated somewhere and the fucking whole stage rumbles and now someone knows that you're for sure there that's not going to happen online that's only going to happen in a state on, on stage you know so uh yeah i mean it's more calyxs and people go for it more you know like people are gonna instead of like fully going across short on dust 2 you might drop in the spawn and try to want to have someone like coming from b that's just the kind of cs that's gonna be played on land and uh yeah i mean i still think people care about the economy and the money management i think in our gambit game uh, they were still trying to save the op as much as possible. I felt like on Dust 2, we didn't know when Shiro could or could not have an op, so we played every round as if he had one. And uh, yeah, I mean, as Robin said, it's it's very annoying CS to play against. You you bring up something quite interesting here, and we have uh, we have one of the one of the men who can who can probably speak to this. Rush, do you hear what Twist was saying about hearing grenades and stuff on stage? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is something which I know you and I have spoken about before. Uh, what what's your take on this as as the observer who gets to control what action is seen and and therefore heard? Like, do you do you try and follow grenades that are going nowhere so that the players can't have all those type of tells, or or, or what is is there any thought process from from you on those things? I think it's good to show nades that uh, don't go anywhere, just so because yeah, I'm sure if you're on stage and you hear a grenade like explode really loud and you just threw the grenade, you 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 almost know that yeah, I did hit someone with that nade. So like I think it is good to try to kind of hide it in a way and just show the odd nade that isn't going anywhere. But you can get what he's saying, right? There, there's a lot of time where you probably are following that action, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, so it just it just happens, you know. There's situations yeah. where you can't avoid it. Like uh, there's a situation against you too that I was very surprised about because uh, Brokey was in a one v two in Palace, and Alexi chucks a nade in in the Palace and the stage rumbles, but they're both still looking at the ramp. Like smoking out the ramp and and mulling tetras and stuff. So I guess like you know players aren't always taking into account because you know stage events don't happen uh, very often. So yeah, I mean those are situations where you can't avoid it. Is there any truth to uh, this bit of a narrative I had going about Carrigan knowing how to play uh, to the stage environment? For example, Rops, your clutch is a great one versus Gambit on Dust Two. That final kill that you had, you position yourself under window. Was there any thought process that if I position myself under window, the crowd's going to make some noise if he's creeping window on me? Or was that just, this is how I'm playing the round? Uh, the position under window, it was merely for the reason you can actually hear when the player is jumping, even when he's silent. That was only for that reason. And that angle on the site, you can basically isolate all of the angles. You're, like, you're, you're holding tunnels, and if he's window, you'll hear him. And then if he comes tunnels, you're obviously aiming at him. And then I checked door um, a few seconds here and there. And it was like, it, it's like an OP angle for, 
playing with a T as a retake, um, you can basically isolate everything and get a really good duel. And that's what happened. It's the retake angle. But did, did the same thing happen with you with that twist? Was it you who was in the clutch under Shadow, under the balcony in Palace on A on Mirage? And Alexi B was jumping. It was a one on two, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, him and Hunter, I think. Hunter was like swinging bench and Alexi yeah, was climbing on top. Coming over of the... the top. And you like spotted him through the gap. Did you hear him there? Do you remember? I don't know if you remember the clutch I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I heard him, but I, a brokey also called it for me. But okay. I, I heard it before, but obviously I'm in a 1v2. I'm not going to type, like, say in TeamSpeak or not. But uh, I heard him, so I backed, like, in more deeper in the shadow. And then I, I used the gap. But honestly, when I went into that position, I never anticipated that uh, someone would flank and go on top of Palace. So uh, I think it was a misplay by them. Yeah, it was interesting routing, right? It's like, you cannot, yeah, it was it was a curious one. But there was a lot of rounds like that. And Mirage never seemed like it was going to fucking end. Okay. <laughs> um, let's just cover off this end news. So they re-signed. It was Sphinx, Deha, and uh, Snappy, right? Yep. Okay, so having that core of, of events re-signed, look, I think this team plays some exciting CS. They play some aggressive Counter-Strike. And across the board, they actually have um, pretty good firepower, right? Like, these are all little pocket rockets of players that can all pop off and have big games, but they also have a good, consistent level. I would say the only player in this team who I would want more consistency from would be Hades on the AWP, but then he also has one of the more type of flux positions, right? So, well, Prof, what's the, what's the pundit prognosis of the situation? Good news? Well, I guess I guess so. Like, Ants is in a position where they're like a kind of an okay team with potential to do more if if things kind of fit. The Madden signing is pretty okay, even though I'm still not sure about the roles. I didn't even get to see much of their games overall in Katowice. I kind of missed all of them, and I didn't go back to watch it because whatever, you know, we'll we'll catch them a pro league or whatever. Uh, but yeah, they have an EPL slot, which really helps, and they just have like a solid team. So. I, I think it's good. I think Snappy is, uh, he proved to be a good in game leader with not the best pieces overall. Like he always delivers something. So that's the thing. Yeah, uh, uh, the Hades part is kind of weird. He started off re really well, but hasn't been the most amazing opera for, for this team. So that would be uh, a part where I'm not, not saying they need an upgrade, but an improvement from him would go a long way, I think, for France right now. But it, it is also part of, how the team plays. They're kind of crazy, chaotic, and it's not easy to op in that kind of a team, I feel like. What, what do you make of uh, Ents, Ruffs? Is it a type of team that is annoying to play against? Like, Do you do you have any thoughts before you play a team like that, that, that you're going to expect a certain type of counter-strike? Are they a team that you think is a, a threat to the top 10? What, do you have any general thoughts on them? I think they have a good uh, constellation of players for sure. Um, Sphinx is very talented, he's extremely sharp in his aim. And personally, I think Diha is actually a very annoying player to play against because he's always, he always finds an aggressive move that you don't really expect out of him. So I think they have very versatile players and talents across the board. So if, if, um, Things line up for them. I think they can be quite a dangerous team and a wild, wild, wild horse, I guess, in in a big tournament like I don't know um, um, what their next tournament would be. Probably, EPL, probably right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing with the EPL groups is going to be is going to be pretty interesting, right? Like we were was talking about this just the other day, um, and it's Maui Snake. I was on uh, Snakes and Banter with uh, Thorin and Maui Snake, and they were talking about how the groups are going to be 
softened up a little bit if if the Virtus Pros and the Gambits don't make it, um, which is true. It, it does actually. And Tropic is also a theme that could have some difficulties. Yeah, I think like mainly the focus on the Gambit VP one because the orgs have to say they allow them. I know that VP said that they're going to allow them, but we have to wait and see what the fuck that even means. Um, whereas like for Group C without Gambit there, the group remaining without Gambit is Liquid, Godsent, Big, Movistar, and Party Astronauts. It's like not really getting me that excited, you know? Like I... I, I which is which is a problem. Whereas like ants are in a group with Vitality, Phase, Furia, uh, ants and, and and Sprout in the mix right there, and it, VP if they are able to make it right. So, um, that's a pretty crazy group when you're weighing up the, the teams in both of them. Um, okay, let's have a little bit of a gander here, lads. So I think uh, we'll, yes, yeah. Uh, are we picking the game? The game. Or- yeah, I watch. think so. I think I think that's a good idea. We should pick a game to watch here because we're going to get into discussing the RMR stuff anyway. And then with yeah. what's on our screen, I think the can... Eternal Fire Fanatic is going to start soon. I think that makes most sense. These are players that we kind of know. I don't know if you have any any other ideas for. Yeah, we can talk about the, the way that they're playing. Like Game Allegiance Skate. I I think the biggest thing with this one on our screen right here is what happened in Bulgarian Counter Strike. Right, you had uh, the two teams kind of implode on themselves and then reform, and this one has now. There's got actually bubbled. two top thirty teams right now, which is which kind is of crazy, surprised. right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. And there's zero here. Shout out him back from the Hellraiser's days. Uh, legit, legit Rusty. player. But R- yeah, this is this is hard for people to kind of resonate with, right? This isn't the type of Counter Strike. Yeah, most but most of the well, the hardcores would definitely be watching these type of teams play. Do we want to just jump in that Eternal Final Fanatic yeah. game? It is live now. All right, Rush, they'll give you the IP on TeamSpeak, mate, and we it can is. jump in there now. Um, Prof, you guys at HLTV, mainly Lucas has been doing a lot of this, right? He's yeah, been, been hard like, carrying the, the live the live posts, essentially. So can you give the long and the short of uh, the RMRs of it? You don't have to give all the teams that qualify, but just the gist yeah. of what's been, what, what this event is, why it's important when what I mean, I think taking place. one of the things to, to keep in mind or like to think about is like what Valve is actually trying to do with this, uh, this RMR and the changes that they, not the RMR, but the qualifying cycle for the, for the major, like there are no close qualifiers. The only invites are based on the last major. And essentially everything else is open qualifiers. So I think what they're trying to accomplish there is just to abolish any influence that uh, like EPL slots and blast slots and just having all of these like easy ways to gain ranking uh, just to just to cancel that out, right? And have an even playing field for all of the teams. Um, and that's why you just have open qualifiers, not even having the closed ones. So you have to have, you know, big OG and all of these teams that are, you know, they probably should be at the RMR, but they need to prove it the same way, you know, a Skate or Heat or Bad News Eagles have to do it. They need to go through the same route, um, which I think is can lead to some, like, not the greatest results and maybe some teams that should be there are not going to be there. But in the end, like, if they can't make it through the open qualifier, would they actually make it to the actual major? And if Or would they have a great, great, like major performance, like teams that are haven't gone through that won't be at the major teams like Apex, for example, which is kind of a, like an exciting tier two team with uh, a lot of good names on it. Uh, I think they ecstatic and like a couple of other teams that haven't made it through. But overall, it's not like there are a lot of omissions in terms of these of like big teams make making it not making it through. Fnatic now made it through d- despite like all of the shit that they went through with their lineup. Both times big, jam. big like I think Sprout also qualified. Like the Frenchies made it through. Like all of the all of the teams that needed to make it through, they they made it through in the end. So I think it's uh, it's a good one. Cool. 
Um, so, so this has actually made this event much more exciting, right? We've had this whole week pretty much of just these open qualifiers and you've had teams constantly going in. Sure, it's best of ones, sure, it's online. And this is where some of those results you're talking about can come into question. But we have to draw a line in the sand somewhere, right? All the games can't be best of threes. All the games can't be on land, right? Eventually, at some point, they are going to have to be online. Now, uh, Twist, for, for somebody like you boys, you're already well and truly within the RMRs, right? But you still need to go play against all these teams to then qualify for the major. What what have you made of, of this new system that they've thrown out there? Do you, do you like it? Do you think it's better than what we had? Have you even given it much thought? Uh. I don't know. I honestly still don't know what the, to think of it. To have one RMR that decides what all the teams go Lots to. Lots of pressure, right? Yeah, one RMR for it all, you know? And uh, I, I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, I kind of appreciate the older system more where you have a minor and then the major qualifier and then you make it to the major. And uh, I actually think I, I like that system better, I guess, you know? Where if you fail at the major i mean i guess it's kind of similar you know if you don't do so good at the major you're still in the rmr and if you don't do good in the rmr then i guess you're an open qualifier but the only difference with the minor was that there was still notable teams uh playing against each other and they were also on land yeah so yeah i don't know it's still a question mark for me and i think even for valve i think they're just trialing things and seeing what fits I think it's curious here because obviously nobody retains the position that they had from the previous major, right? Like you have to requalify every time. So I like that because let's say that, you know, Navi, for whatever reason, were a shadow of themselves going to the next major, they probably shouldn't get that spot, right? Whereas like you guys just have to go and have one more hurdle to do that, but it is going to be quite the pressure cooker. There's a lot of teams that qualify though, Prof, isn't it? Like 16 teams qualify from, from the European RMR over the two groups? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of teams qualify from the European side of things. So it's almost like the minor system again, just without the fact that teams retain their major slots. But it puts a lot of pressure. Like, And I've really enjoyed this. I've liked being able to watch games in GoTV again. It's been fun. right? I can actually choose the game how I want to watch it live, right? which is what we got to do, well, what we get to do when majors are on. And that, it's fun. You get to see a lot of people doing these games right? and in a lot of different content coming out around it and people commenting on it. Uh, us being able to do what we're doing right here. So I think there's like some pros and cons to all of this. Obviously, one of the things that was brought up was the seeding. Um, I think the PGL uh, can set a certain amount of teams to be seeded within how these brackets are run, but the rest is done on ELO. That's another question of, you know, where do you draw the draw the line? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's been, I, this seems easier for everybody to understand. Okay, Crims, lovely stuff. It, this feels like it's easier for everybody to understand in my mind, right? There's no point system. You know, you win the event you're in, you win the next event you're in. Like it, it, it's got a progression to it. Um, Rob, you got any thoughts on the system? Not really direct thoughts. Just happy as long as, as Valve is uh, involved in this process and they're changing or doing something new. Just happy, uh, happy for that reason. Um, I think for the groups themselves, I'm not actually sure are they still changing because every time a team makes a roster move, I think that's going to affect everyone based on what, whatever seating they're using. Because I think that's just last week when Lucky was replaced by Farley, I think groups actually shifted and the teams were moved around in yeah. the A and B groups. Oh, really? So I'm not actually sure what's going to happen. Yeah, it keeps moving. Uh, we've been in three different groups so far. Yeah. <laughs> we've moved really? three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh. that's interesting. That's okay. That is very curious. Okay, well, that, at least it's a it's a dynamic feature, so it's keeping up with what's relevant. But how do we know what's going to be relevant? Yeah, 
That's a curious one. Okay. I don't know what to think of that. That's Did you weird. know that was happening? I, I think I heard something about it. I don't, don't know exactly why it happens, though. I'm really not sure why. Why be the points right adjusted with the players? But, but are I there any? There I don't points? think there. I don't think there. The points are deleted essentially. Okay. Uh, but but I guess there is. But there is a seating based on like where you finished at the last event and stuff like that. So I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But but yeah. I mean, even the teams that qualified now, you don't really know who is going where. I mean, there is the issue with with Astralis that you don't know if they're going to play or not. Like if they're going to if they're going to retain the invite, right? And if they don't retain, then everything shifts for one spot, and everyone below them just you know goes into a different group. And the the issue here is like the different group is like four days difference in terms of travel. And yeah, it's a completely different tournament practically because it's just essentially two tournaments. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be weird just because we're going to have like. Just a lot of Swiss tournaments, uh, like Armar One is going to be Swiss, and Armar Two is going to be Swiss, and the uh, NA Armar is going to be Swiss, and the group, like the qualifier for the major, is going to be Swiss, and the main stage of the major is going to be Swiss, mm. which is going to be kind. Of, I feel like it's going to be a bit repetitive, with all of the like all the same teams almost playing, you know, the all yeah. the stuff. That's why I don't really like the idea of like having Navi have to requalify. Like you win the fucking major, can't you just get invited to the next major? You know, a couple of teams should get their spots. Just you know, just That's go. That's also th what I was thinking. Like yeah, maybe, like maybe even top four. Honestly, yeah. Like top I think four, top four would be great. Yeah. My God. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you guys. I I get it. I get it. The... I, I mean, I understand both POVs. You know, just like you said, if Navi won the major, the next major around, they're just not good you know they're just not looking good so i understand both perspectives but i don't know i mean i i don't know i think guaranteed invites just makes it i guess easier you know i think yeah. even if they're not good they're the major winners you know they, have to they, should, the they, title. they should be good enough to be there in the top 16 right they can't be like a complete <laughs> fluke team you know a win <laughs> cloud, nine. Or, yeah. cloud nine or whatever the fuck Gambit you know? 2017 yeah. I mean, even even that <laughs> yeah. team probably when they got to the major is like okay, they still deserve to be at the major, right? It's not uh, they're not maybe not the number one seed, but they're probably good enough to be there among you know the, the top sixteen or top twenty four. <laughs> I, I don't see a world where you know you win the major in like six months, you're fiftieth in the world. I, I, I don't, that, 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 that was that was so messed up. That was so messed up. Uh, talking about the Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine topic, I think every Inferno that we played in Katowice was at fifteen eleven at one point. <laughs> yeah, it actually was. That was, and and it went our way, I think. So that the was curse has been broken. I hope. That cup that you guys had was sick. Like, I that you could like every time you guys. There's so many moments that stick out from that grand final of you boys just getting fucking hyped. Like, there's just too many moments, and it's like. When I was in, I went to the studio where Yanko was doing the desk from, and obviously he was he was going for for G two, right? And I was going for for you boys because because of, of Justin, right? And and like he's getting up, going mad at the TV when G two are doing something sick. I'm getting up. They're just like it was such a mental grand final. Like that is the type of Counter Strike that you like alone. You the game that you guys played probably brought in like a new legion of Counter Strike fans. Like that's the way I look at those type of matches because. They're so crazy. They're so risky. They're so so clutchy. You can see all the emotions. Like it's it's those type of Counter Strike games is why people like CS. Like it's why why it's such an easily digestible game. It's fucking great. Like I can't imagine how you you must have felt when you eventually won that Mirage game. I don't know. Was it a sense of like fuck yeah, like we did it, or was it like oh my god, thank god, and we still have to play some more Counter Strike? I, mean, I think at that point, Carragher knew he's gonna win 
the whole tournament because it was one to one with Sydney. Um, you played overtime and played double overtime, and then just give me the last map, sixteen fourteen. I think that was exactly the same way. It was I am Sydney in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So I think uh, he knew at that point it was it was over. I don't know. The the CS devs are really rerunning the same script. Over and over again. <laughs> Can't find anything new, man. But uh, I don't know. For for us, when we won Mirage, I think it was still the exact same excitement as we had when we won Inferno because it was so like uh, back and forth. I mean, our comeback in Inferno, it's, it was really easy for us to get hyped. But Mirage, you know, I think all of us showed our mental fortitude and our determination to to win the tournament. And uh, yeah, I mean. I'm happy to have uh, hyped people in my corner like the, the whole time. I didn't expect Robin to be so hyped on our team, honestly. I think uh, we had a talk about this that Brokey was actually very really quiet this tournament, like really just doing his own thing. And like he won those 1v2s in Inferno. He was like, yeah, nice guys, giving two fist bumps <laughs> to the sides. Like he's not, you know, showing any emotion at all. He's just like the fucking Terminator. But then like me and him kind of like swap roles, I guess. Uh, and personality wise how was it being hyped though if normally being so cool how was it like getting getting pumped up did you like it did you get yeah, into that feeling uh, of course man i mean i think the most hyped i've ever been in in my career um situation just allowed it i think we obviously had no pressure played extremely well and the crowd was cheering for us so everything was was uh our way is Messi winning this clutch? Messi could be winning this clutch. If Messi's won this clutch, that was a big clutch. That was a nice clutch. Oh. Well, did you uh, did you catch any Woxic, um playing in Eternal Fire Ops? Uh, not really, actually. I don't know. Sorry. R <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, That's but, it. I mean, Woxic is. I mean, he's he's so fucking sharp with this. Uh, Explosive sensitivity that, by the way, is playing with his left hand. Mousepad is on the left side, keyboard on the right side. Yeah, that's even more mind-boggling how he does that. Like, you're, but you're he's on also LAN. yeah, yeah. You're on, you're on land. You have two mouse pads next to each other. It's like, super <laughs> weird. Easiest first one, though. Oh, you dear. can just tap your mice together. But he is actually also in-game leading, though. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? That's the weirdest part. Like, I, I did not like. I know he knows about. He's a guy that thinks about the game a lot, but like I didn't see him as someone that could become an in-game leader. And since that point, they actually improved a lot. That was the point where they were like, okay, now we're like top 30, winning maybe some smaller tournaments and you know, going deep in qualifiers. So uh I think it's really it's gonna be really hyped to see him on land, like him and Zantaris at the RMR. That's gonna be fucking really nice. Like uh, E-League last time we saw a full Turkish team, wasn't it? At a major? Must have oh, been something like that. Must have been space yeah. soldiers back when they had you know that that old mob with uh, uh Paz and everybody. Paz, Paz yeah. and Major, uh, yeah, good old boys, times. Boys, we're gonna run a quick ad break. This will run just very shortly, and then we'll be right back. Lucas, you ready? I didn't give him any warning. Hopefully, he's ready. Yeah, Let that just see. kind of pulled it on him. The Extrify M42 RGB, what a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy cord, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. I'm in the house and sector clear, but there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar, whatever. 
Play with Parimage. Parimage. Your esports teammate. Buy and sell your skins now. Easy, fast, and safe. The best skin site. Credit card deposits and withdrawals. Instant cash out methods. Get the best deals. Quick, simple, reliable. Bitskins.com. All right, we're back in business. Thank you for sitting through the ads. And uh, we'll get into some of the viewer questions as we turn our attention to the game on our screen here. So, Eternal Fire versus Fnatic. If you've missed the Fnatic situation recently, uh, Smuya, he got the boot. Uh, Brolin went, fuck this, I'm out. They got uh, Regalian from the uh, Academy team, and now they have Poison standing in for the stand-in. And um, they're using Pepsor also from the Academy team. So Fnatic is kind of fucked right now. But um, maybe not so much on Fnatic, boys. What, you guys play for FaZe, so I feel like this is a stupid question to ask FaZe players. But is it time for Mirage to, to go? Do we, do we take her out to the, to, the, to the back paddock, you know? Let it, she's, she's had a good run, boys, but is it time? Well, I actually think Overpass will get uh, changed or removed before Mirage does. Because okay. Mirage, they actually changed Mirage recently with this, this bench in the middle. The bench. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and maps that they recently update are usually not going to get removed. So uh, Overpass has had the least changes. And uh, I mean, I don't remember the last Overpass change. Actually, I, I don't. Uh, they got rid of the windows in the toilet, so you can't oh, yeah. boost on the bench. That was like, like three guess. years ago. Yeah, I'm not know, but I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> that was the last one, though. You know, they took actually the be. color seam of the map, right? Like uh, on overpass. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but the colors changed completely. Like they went more bland. I think. Really? I think. I think. Was chat... it those character models? I don't know, but I th I'm sure. Yeah, it could knows. be some changes due to the ah. Actually, there's like like a, that bush kind of area outside of toilets where you could just sit with one of the green, green character models, and you'd be just invisible. So they did like some updates to that. Okay. They, they changed the wall at long, no? Because uh, there were smoke lineups from like the wall, uh, like towards like the CT side of long, and now it's only the bushes there, like on the ground. Okay. There was lineups that were at the wall before. I'm pretty sure. So some some minor minor changes, Very nothing changes. too too big gameplay wise. So okay, well yeah, if you don't if you don't hate Mirage so, and it's overpass that you yeah your play. your fucking anti Mirage agenda just like fell <laughs> fell so hard, just failed so hard. I mean, just, I'm just being realistic. Yeah, you know? no, it's fair enough. I but think do you do do you enjoy not enjoy the map? Do you think the map is okay to play competitively? Mirage? Yeah, uh, I think it's just the new dust too. I don't know, super super pug map. Uh, Dust 2 is like now kind of the more structured map. You have to play slower. Mirage is kind of just like always the uh, you can play any type of CS on Mirage. It's just like Inferno, you know? Like you know what you you know what to get when you have Inferno and Mirage. So uh I still think it plays well in the, the CS scene. what's the worst CT side position to play on this map? I'm interested to see what your opinions are yeah. on this. We had some opinions recently on the show, so yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like B actually gets like a lot of action, like in the, in the meta. Does these days, right? Lots yeah. of attributes. I'd probably say like maybe the the upper role is becoming less easy. Honestly, on Mirage, mm -hmm. you have to be way more versatile. Windows pretty much smoked like every round. I think you have to be way smarter as an op player, and it's probably the more difficult role on, on Mirage right now on CT side. Okay. What do you think, Rops? Uh, I know what Dekinder said, and I and I agree with him. 
Um, a anchor, right? Playing solo A is, I think, probably the most difficult position to, to hold. But watching a player like Rain play makes it look so easy because, I mean, his first bullet accuracy is insane. And when you kill the first guy running out ramp, palace, connector, I don't know, wherever, like, you're good. Like, as long as you get the first kill, I mean, just pack off. I don't know if they retake, but if you don't get the first kill, you you get insta-traded. Like, it's, it's, I don't know, like, even if you get the first kill, you'll probably get traded. Like, it's impossible to play an angle where... I can guarantee like a multi kill or anything. Like it's super hard to play, and the amount of executes that are theoretically possible on the A site is also. I mean, there's probably some that you haven't even seen yet, and people are coming up with new stuff still. So I think playing solo A is probably the toughest. That's true, actually. When I was on Liquid, like maybe I was ahead of uh, the solo A hate already because I was trying to swap positions. Uh, the short and Liquid, <laughs> I was pretty tired of this fucking bomb site and and how it has to be played. And I mean, it, people are still finding new ways like to, to play the bomb site. You know, using I think Rain is probably the innovator of this bomb site. I feel like probably every player watches him to for the new things to do. But yeah, I, I think Robin's opinion is good. They're talking about the Rain angle. I mean, I'm I'm lurking a on the T side. I mean, you play against a player like Rain, like it doesn't really matter how what your what your timing is, how good you are. This guy just is just gonna kill you. It doesn't matter where you come out from. And I think uh, playing against him, it was super tough to to make this lurk successful, I guess. And <laughs> having Rain on our side, finally, is for me is is, is a relief. It, it it's a pretty under underappreciated thing that you're talking about here, right? Because it doesn't get all of the praise. But the thing is, something. Um... Rush and I have done a couple of days where I streamed a game and we spoke about it. And we're, we're actually, Kadian uh, was jumping in with us last night while we were talking about like ancient meta. And and I think one of the things that I I probably need to do a better job as a, as a color commentator is talk about the importance of certain fights, right? Because I kind of treat them as they're all equal. But like, for example, if the A anchor goes down early and everybody's out of position in mid, I need to be pointing out how huge of a kill that is and how much space, you know, that they've just provided themselves, right? Whereas... I think it's it, this is one of the things that's that's quite difficult to do when you when the when the goal is to show the action right and on this map it's unless it's just straight into like an A set piece the action is not to do with the A player who's normally you know standing behind the, the triple box ready to flash middle to set up your connector player who's playing with the one way smokes and getting flushed out like a lot of the a lot of that hard anchor work and you guys are right as well B is where we seem to focus a lot of the anchor work early now because they're normally getting pressured by like a set piece. It's curious how these fights and these different parts of the meta all have different levels of importance. It's one of the things that, I don't know, I, I, like I said, I guess it's on me to do a better job of making sure that I explain those things. So is there any, like, while well, we have a pause right now, is there anything on any map that you guys think gets get super undervalued? Like, maybe not role-wise, but could be a little bit more specific in terms of what, it, what a player's doing in a scenario? It's very broad, but yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, it's probably the best way to treat this kind of a question. Probably the well, if we're on, we're on the topic of ancient. I think the the maze player probably isn't talked about enough because I think the maze player has a a very big role uh, on the CT side. Uh, you know, spamming like down B banana, B cave and stuff. Cheetah. Yeah, cheetah. Yeah, yeah, cheetah. yeah, yeah, cheetah. Okay, so that's, that's no, too many names. For it, bro. There's so many fucking. It's names fine. For I'm it. just I'm just trying to make sure that I know what you're talking about. But yeah, I think. Uh, they have a big part, you know, like either smoking it off or spamming like through the walls or whatever, and they're getting a lot of info, and they kind of are like the the site leader for ancient on the B side at least. So 
that's just one spot I, I can think of right away. Okay. I think it's hard to say like an overall spot for all of the maps, but I think there's one for each map, I guess. Um, I mean, Inferno is obvious. It's all about Banana in Inferno. Um, whoever is taking the initiative there and taking the first duels is probably going to decide who the round goes in favor for. Um, but for the rest of the maps, I think I have to think and just look look more into it. Yeah, like I like I was thinking like about what Rain was doing for you guys on Overpass, for example, on the CT side, just the amount of territory. Like it felt to me like the thing is, hey, Rain, go out and hold A, and if they get past you, it's all good. But kill as many as you can. Like it was kind of crazy with the way he was playing that map, where was, I forget who you guys were playing against, but he was just beasting. Like it was like he was playing deathmatch out there. I think it's every against everyone now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But like he's doing it with with very little support, right? And I understand it's part of a setup and and everything like that. But you watch it. It's kind of like, it's like a restrained version of what Fur was able to get away with during like peak SK, right? Remember how Fur could just like always push and always find the time and like Rain would push and be annoying, but he's not always like overstepping that mark. So many things, like that. that one's, I guess, something that we would highlight. We're in a bit of a fucking technical issue here, aren't we boys? Yeah, it's just a bit of a warm up going on. Uh, <laughs> it's time to 1v1, like warm up, you know? Oh, this uh, warm up is so good. Everyone, oh, yeah. everyone loves this warm up, right? <laughs> what if everyone... there was just an option? What if it was an option? If you wanted to do this, you could opt into to everyone would not otherwise. Opt, and no one would opt in. And there's just one guy would be here alone. Playing I just don't them. like getting shot. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just annoying. But if they added some like reward aspect to it like imagine you win the 1v1 arena you get like a case drop or something okay i don't know maybe some incentive behind it but i think right now it's completely useless i i think it's dumb so it's actually it's just a like, bad angle it's so bad you need to pay a professional cs player to actually <laughs> play it it's like i play cs for a living but like i can't play this and when you play matches you have your, co your coach can for some time period play the warm-up and you can demoralize the players when your coaches uh, okay uh, mental warfare i see Robon shirts pretty hard. <laughs> him behind you guys, it's always I always love seeing him there, but it's like he's, he definitely feels like the dad of the team. It feels like you've got you know Carrigan and and Robin there to be the the elder statesman of the team in a in a big way. Like a lot of people are curious about what what Robin brings. Is it is it mainly like what because you had, you had Inner Shine with you guys as well, right? I hope I get mm -hmm. his name right. Um, what is what does Robin contribute? Because when you have an in-game leader like Carrigan here, I'm assuming he's not needing to to chip in with too much tactical stuff, right? So obviously our analyst Innershine is doing more of like the the background work of the team, the like tendencies or, or whatever is easy to spot. I'd say Robon is helping with you know some set rounds that we can we can do in the game, and uh, kind of just being like the background or the assisting factor to the Kerrigan. But uh, I think that's the easiest way to explain it. Sure. I, I feel like it's really important for these teams. Like, you, ideally, a coach should be someone who can contribute in all the areas, right? But certain teams need things more than others. Like, some teams might need the guy to keep the mood good and fire everybody up where they have a strong in-game leader and they don't need them to be tactical. Or maybe your in-game leader is a good captain, but he's not a good, you know, in terms of the X's and the O's and keeping track of everything maybe as well as he should. So it's still one of these things that's super hard to, to quantify, really. Like, yeah. I have a rough time. I think... Ruban's like underappreciated though. I mean, he's one of the coaches that doesn't get like a lot of talk, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think he does a lot for our team. Even, I mean, um, he's like, he was the source of our positivity throughout this whole Kedavite situation. And uh, as always, I feel like from the day I joined FaZe, I think he, 
he's the funniest person I've ever met and uh, can always get along with him and all the time. Even the positive vibes. I have a question from uh, from Instagram. Almost almost 400 K. So, you know, if, if you're not following, go, go and follow. Uh, this was a similar question in chat. Maybe it's the same guy it says, please ask twist about his line. We put heroic in their place after the semifinal <laughs> win. I didn't, I missed this completely. So please fill me in. Yeah. Maybe I was not so humble in this because <laughs> uh, the game felt a bit easy. But uh, obviously, they were having a, a great run at uh, Kedivite, and they are kind of removing their, their onliner tag. And then I felt like we kind of slapped it back Put onto them. them. <laughs> yeah, kind of slapped the ba- onliner tag back onto them. So, yeah, but I was not, not humble, not hashtag humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's how, that is how it played out, right? That I think objectively looking from the outside, not objectively, but like me and Chad as people that weren't on the server and are here to just talk about the game, that is how it felt exactly. Like they were having a bit of talk in the in the player and the break. It's like, ah, we're doing everything that we can. We're making top four at all of these lands. Um, but then if you go on stage and just get spanked by a team with like stand-in, I don't think that really really justifies you being like a legit land team what do you think chad i think that i think the issue i have with this is like the problem is you can have a blink and you miss a game right like and then then i remember what they did the major so it's like major they could have been they they could have gone the distance right so uh the, the this is the problem it's not like in 2019 and 2018 where every second weekend these boys were in a fucking arena doing it right so because it's so few and far between it's easier to just go off what happened most recently because we don't know when the next time we get another arena event is but like yeah like it it sucks because they got blown out and we were all like oh yeah fuck yeah the heroic that we know and love is here This, this is the thing i feel like they did enough to be like, okay, the heroic we know and love is here. They're just still working out the kinks, right? Like they're just working out what the next step is so that they can be like twists liquid in 20, you know, when they were fucking the second best team in the world type thing, right? They, there's one element that need, is needed. And whether that's like the belief or the confidence or just the learning to be in that environment for certain individuals, I think it's coming. The thing is that the results speak louder than everything. That's that's the thing. Like, so if they come in and they win those games, it's a completely different conversation. It's just, that's the way people are, right? I get that. And also, Heroic are the team that people want to hate, right? For the right reasons or the wrong reasons. It's just it's just the way it is. And like, um, I actually did some interview stuff with Kadian about this during Katowice. And I was asking him if, if you know, they watch, want to play the heel, if they want to lean into that. Because if any team could at the moment, it would be them, right? They could be the easiest for them. To, and that's not something they want to do. They just want to play. So once the results come, I think then definitely... Uh, They'll be viewed much differently, but that's that's the thing. It's it's, it's hard. It's hard fucking work. I mean, take it from someone who was a noob. <laughs> I mean, they're they're a really good team. They play solid CS, and they. I mean, they're one of the few teams that could replicate this kind of CIS CS that you know you see nowadays. Where mm, it's a good yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of like a VP, and I feel like they most actually. I feel like they play the VP style better than VP does. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, you also have to think about it. They don't have like a really standout star player. I guess Stown is like what you got, but for they're just a bunch of consistent players that yeah. know their roles in their team, and that's what I can appreciate. That's the curious thing, right? They don't the, Stown is the consistent land standout for them, but it doesn't pop off the page like you know other teams with stars, which is I think maybe one of the identity issues for the team. Oh, as well. Um, so right now, Eternal Fire are getting owned by a team with two <laughs> yeah. stand-ins. 
I, so this is the thing. It's not even an interesting game prop that we can ask them questions about. Yeah. 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 It looked sad. like the <laughs> 1v1 warm up thing didn't work for them. No. Yeah. The, the but it could be the turning timeout. point of the match. But maybe they didn't put their coach in to, to de demoralize Fnatic. That would be the best time. Yeah. What, what about this? We can ask. We can just go anywhere. We do. I have, a, I have some more questions. Oh, There's nice. Nice. Question, nice. Let's go through the mailbag. Uh, from Luke on, on whatever his name is. For twists, were there any similarities in the calling style between Kerrigan and Nitro? This is like a comparison I've never heard, but maybe, maybe there is something going on there. Well, maybe not even. Calling it's, style, it's, just like leadership style. It's hard. I I know. I think Nick or Nitro was more passive leader, and he. I mean, he also led by example in a very good way, but he wasn't so outspoken. And uh, he also wasn't the in-game leader for a very long time. You know, he was in-game leader for I think two months, whereas Finn's been doing it for a very very long time mm -hmm. and at a very high level. So it, it's very hard comparison for me. I just think that given the experience that uh, Nitro had and the pieces he had, I think he he did the the best that he could. And for that time in like 2019 and 2018, where he was like actually mid call mid round calling like very well, and you know setting everyone up and reading the the opponents, I think he did a good job. But Finn is kind of just on a whole new level of of leadership from my experience so far. It's super hard to quantify that, right, Prof? Because like we. Well, I guess it's not like the fact that he's now won this trophy and he seems to do well with stand-in says a lot about the type of leadership necessary to do that. Like that's yeah. harder than having a team that you've, you know, have the system with and, and, and done all those things, right? Obviously the pressure's relieved based off of um, lowering expectations, but still to be able to manage a stand-in and, and get the most out of them, that it has to only be testament to how good a leader is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're always singing the praises around here. Probably yeah. we're not we're not too we're not too hard on people these days. Maybe we need to get a little bit harder. I mean, yeah. you have to rem remember that Kerrigan and ML Sports almost had like an error also at the end of like 2019. I mean, they're yeah. winning like pretty much everything. And I, I bet if they went to Blast Bahrain, they probably would have won that event too. Uh, they were playing tremendous CS up until uh, I guess COVID, and that's kind of where you know like the leaders in 2019 kind of fell off. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think. Kerrigan has always done the most with the, the PC he has, and he should be definitely respected as uh, one of the top two or, you know, the GOAT IGL of this game. Are you guys going to win the next major, or are you going to wait until the one later in the year? Like, have you decided which one you want to win yet? Yeah, I don't know what's one's better to win, honestly, the Brazil one or Belgium. What do you reckon, Robs? I mean, we're ready now that we showed in Katowice, I think. Just win them both? The... I mean, that's... Yeah, not? yeah, not? but back there's 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 no uh top team in I think right now, and all the situations and uh scenarios we're put in, it's really hard to see who the favorite is. So, I think we if we show up, I think we can do it. I think it's curious, right? If you take a little bit of a look at the ramp into the major for you guys, right? A, a lot of teams are in the same, but Mezzi is absolutely owning these guys. Um, he, how many is he gonna get? But you look at the ramping for you guys. So now you get Pro League, which goes for five weeks. But realistically, if you qualify through the group stage, then you'll be in the playoffs. So you only play two of those five weeks, right? The rest of the time is practice. Then you're gonna have the RMR, which is a week after Pro League finishes, and then depending on which group you're in, which is apparently changing on a daily basis. Then you play the RMR, and then what do you have in between? Do you guys have to play? 
last. I forget if you qualified or not at the start of the year. Did, you guys already qualified, didn't you? So you yeah. didn't have to play the showdown. I think we checked our schedule. Um, from the moment we we're gonna go to EPL, there is not gonna be much time to catch a break or a breath at all. Um, we're gonna constantly be be flying around. I think there's a lot of tournaments on on the schedule uh, planned for us up yeah. until uh, the player break. Yeah, I mean this uh, EPL right there is Dallas. The 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 EPL Armor Major Dallas uh, Blast. It's the major running that's yeah, the most important though, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, and then Cologne, and that's kind of it. I don't know if I missed anything, but that's uh, a bunch of events right there. I mean, also, no one knows where Blast actually is. That's true. Like, there's no location for it. So did true. you hear? Did you I hear mean, anything? Uh, honestly, there's no rumors. Seriously, there's okay. The the most my my girlfriend dissected this. The I guess the most logical guess would be North America right now because an NA team is guaranteed to qualify for the main event. Okay. So why would why would they guarantee that if there was maybe because NA is in a really bad spot, so they have to have to make <laughs> something gentle on the area. Or... I mean, I... just to have yeah. viewers as well, like for viewers online, it's also important to have NA teams. From what I heard, there's they want to make like a period of of tournaments in NA, right? When so far, the NA teams have come to Europe for a prolonged period of time. They now want to make the EU teams go to NA and um, make sure there's a few NA tournaments to keep the scene going. A bit like yep. a swing, right? If if they had a, a period of time there, so if it could be, it could make sense, right? I've After heard, Dallas. yeah, I've heard, I've heard this as well. Like I don't know if anything happened about that, but no, I like, didn't hear anything either. I just heard that as an as an idea that there was some like, oh, okay, let's just just have everyone in NA for like two months or something like that, or a month and a half. Um, to think it would be good, right? I I even wanted the major to be in NA this year, the first one at least. I think it nice change of scenery for. The, the landscape and the CS players. Uh, I'm not being biased right now. No, Sorry. no, no. I think you're right. Like, I think it's 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 good to to have because like it's. I, I almost compared it to like being on a clay court in tennis as as some bad example, but they're different parts of the world, right? Like you can get different stuff out of different teams. We've seen it before. Like I go back to 1.6, where when they did go to China, that's where like the Thai losers of the world actually could win tournaments was in China, right? Ima imagine if that's a thing. Like certain teams are winning events in North America and they're not necessarily winning them elsewhere. Like well, they no. could actually be, yeah. Well, there could be truth to some of that, <laughs> you know. But um, I think the thing is with the the second major being rumored of being in Brazil, right? Oh, basically, it, I'm sure it's I don't know. ever. It's been talked about for it's a bad secret. I guess it can years. only be rumored. I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean. But with it there, like that would be the best time of year, like the RMRs before that and events around then. It's a bit unfortunate with the Dallas timing that's in the first six months of the year, because if it was in the second half, that'd be great. You guys could be in North and South America doing a lot of events later in the year. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it feels like so long since we've gone anywhere new. Well, not new, but not even new anymore. It feels so, it feels so long since I've left the continent of Europe, which <laughs> is, you know, that's unusual. It's been two years. Like two two whole years that I haven't I haven't left Europe. It's wild, actually. I mean, they're the, finding new spots in Europe. You know, Belgium. Not yeah, the new, new location at least for sale. So I guess they're expanding. You know, they're trying to fill up the whole content a continent, and then uh, we can move on. I guess somewhere we could have two banger events though. Like Cologne normally pops off if Antwerp pops off as well. Like that's in the span of what two months basically. Yeah, that could be. We could have some really, really good events to to close out the season. Well, it's not even closing out the season. It's basically mid season at this point. Classic ESL show, just ignoring blast. Uh, we don't know where it is. Yeah, I can't. I can't say. I can't say I'm excited about something. I don't know where it is. 
There's a, a bunch of great questions and comments. There's one that says, happy birthday, Twists. Um, what? I went on Liquipedia. It's not your birthday. <laughs> not even close. Uh, some guy is asking about the after party. Um, yeah, where's it at? Um, well, from Katowice. After <laughs> Katowice, yeah. That's where the pizzas don't arrive. It was, it was, yeah, there was no food. The after party yeah, nice. was on Saturday, and you know, serious players don't go to after parties if they play the grand final. I think we were playing still, so and we were we were playing on Saturday. The after party started. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, we also played retakes after because we had to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of paid off, right? To be honest, yeah, of course. probably didn't miss out on anything. Uh, not gonna lie. What else? Did you give a detailed analysis of the toilet break, Broke, you mentioned? I think we're not going to go in that one. Ones or twos, was, is that the question? You know, that, is that how we need, we need to go with this? Maybe, maybe uh, that's the one. One for me. <laughs> no comments. Robin has no comments. Rob is on the page. I was on the page. He has diapers so he can shit on these kids, right? I mean, the, I mean, the, uh, thing, yeah. the thing was, like, and I'll say this, that Robin was talking to the admins, is like, if you don't let me go to the toilet now, I'm gonna piss on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, at some point it needs to be a little bit reasonable, doesn't it? I'm glad that they, because I was thinking, I was like, they, they, they normally wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. This one makes sense. I think Jackie no. just said fuck it though. Like, I yeah. don't think they waited for an answer. I think they just went. Yeah, and fair then, enough. And then <laughs> Kerrigan <laughs> saw them and he was like, fuck it, I'm going. And then everyone yeah, went. So, and yeah. then everyone went to relieve themselves. But not like you have your phones or anything fair, anyway. It's fair, yeah. Yeah. It's 27, 27. <laughs> you literally just played two two maps. Into your third map yeah. counter strike, basically, right? I think you deserve uh yeah to take a piss. All right, well listen up, boys, because this game is offering us nothing to really talk about absolute because the tunnel fire are getting absolutely destroyed. Let's do this. When this is over, we'll turn off the stream. So let's go through the viewer questions. If you've got some questions, put them in Twitch chat right now, and then we'll finish with the Paramatch matchmaker and then uh, we'll close it down because I was going to be like talking, okay, so they're running this strategy, you know, what do you guys think? But they, but when you get it fisted. We tried, we tried to do this like a couple of times and every time it's just like game just fucks us in the ass. We did the blast watch along again as well. It was like an OG or something. It was like 16, three, 16, five. Yeah. We just have no luck at all with, I mean, uh, maybe you just jinxed it. What if they just come back? You said the stream ends when the game ends. Well, it's triple OT incoming. Or oh shit. <laughs> and um, you can't leave. And no bathroom breaks. <laughs> <laughs> These guys probably aren't even playing at their hundred percent because obviously it's a They're heating match. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just receding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The one that matters is Anonymo Fate, which is on right now, and Bricks vs Skade is going to matter as well. And what else we got? Sangal vs Game Not the most most exciting teams that's a, yeah. that's that's kind of sad the problem is well this is the fourth qualifier like the second and the third ones had some pretty good matches going on actually yeah, yeah. 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 this is the last one three. they did four in basically a week right like it was i think they did them all this week or within a week uh, oh let's see a lot of questions actually yeah keep them ping keep pinging them in oh let me see Something about Team Liquid. I don't know that why that would be relevant. <laughs> yeah, well, we could ask bit, about that roster. Well that roster doesn't make sense. Oh, where do you, because people want to know, where do you guys think JK should go? What do you think his move should be? Is it Liquid? Mm -hmm. I think what you guys said is probably the most uh, rational decision is just to wait, I think, um, because I don't think there's a team 
where he's gonna excel and which is gonna play up to his capabilities, I guess. It's a bit fucked, isn't it? Uh, I agree with that. I think his best option is uh, to wait and he shouldn't like pull the trigger on on any options. And even though the liquid guys are are my my friends, I think Justin like fits somewhere else like better. You know, he needs to have really like fun people around him. That was the problem. I wasn't. He wasn't having enough fun in my team. Yeah, still the best so. player in the team, I guess. It was more that I wasn't having much fun. Uh, he he must have been having some fun getting all the kills. Um, it's a weird situation to be in. And like I think last time Justin was in a team with Naf when they were in Renegades, like Naf was the star and Justin's stats weren't so good. So I don't know if there's like an overlap there in how they approach the game. I don't. I yeah. think personally they'd get along very well. Um, well, maybe not very well, but personally, that I'd, I'd say they get along. Naf seems like the type of guy who could get along with most people. So, I mean, it also depends if Justin wants to play like his rules, you know, or if he took his experience and he wants to expand and be an entry fragger for his foreseeable future. There we go. But uh, I mean, so my I, I think... plus JKS. That's <laughs> no, I mean, what I, I'm hearing. If right he now. did replace Shocks on Liquid, I think he would play great in that team. But you know, it's still like not sure if they would see the the results or not. But I I think if he wanted to go somewhere to win, I think I, I'm honestly shocked that the most didn't replace like like Rops with the JKS. Yeah, it, it's shocking to me, seriously. Rops, how does it feel though to be out of mouths and they finally got an Orpa that can hit shots? How did how did that make you feel? Hard to say. I mean. My departure was planned. Um, I'm like, I knew they're probably gonna uh, promote one or even two players from the academy team. But still, like, um, I mean, from my own standpoint, I I just wanted something fresh. Like, it didn't really matter if if we got like a I don't know uh, top ten, top five capable team, and. I mean, the opportunities were, were there for me at that time. So I think yeah. whatever um, roster move Mouse could have pulled out, I think it was still the right decision for me to depart and just try something new. Yeah, I guess it doesn't sting as much when you go into phase, right? Like to, from a viewer standpoint, if, the, if people were fans of Mouse, it's like, okay, but we could have had Torzi and Rops and Frozen. Is it like, fuck? Because like Torzi looked really good right on debut. We, we have to wait and see how long he can he can hang like that for. But he looks really good. You'd seen this new gen and like you two boys are only 22, right? So like you're still kind of part of that where both of you get to break in to this when you guys were in your teens. Like I think we were both 16, I mean, weren't you? It's funny because I, I even told Robin this when he first joined. I was like, damn, our, our journey into the pro scene pretty much started the exact same time. Yeah. Because uh, I, if I remember correctly, Liquid was like looking at Rob's even, even back then in 2017. But then uh, he went to mouse sports and then that's when i joined liquid and then we kind of both had very similar like paths to, to up until we joined phase pretty much no, that's true liquid was actually the first uh notable organization to offer offer anything to me and back then it was the case of uh moving to na and going to school at the same time so it didn't log logistically work out but definitely we've had i mean basically like the same age anyways Everything's and, been similar. 
Ben Brokey is 21. And I think Carrigan was made a, a, com a comment, and I think this is a sentiment. I'm not, this isn't verbatim about the fact that the three of you could play together for a very long time. Do you guys get that feeling? Like, is it, does it feel like now you've got that core? Obviously, you have Carrigan, the leader here. You have Rain, the, the experienced vet, playing a very important role. But does it feel like this core is like a long term thing now uh, with, with the fact that it's quite young age at all? It's the star trio of the team. Is this, this is the start of many beautiful years together? Uh, I'd happily say so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would yeah, hope the to... Bromance is real. <laughs> yeah, the, bro <laughs> the bromance is real. For the, the trio even, too. The, this bromance between the trio, but Brokey is shy. But, uh, yeah, I, I would love to play with Brokey and Robs for the... Honestly, for the rest of my career, I think that's how far I could go. I have to say something about oh, Brokey's yeah? interviews. It, it's, it's not great. I have to say that's, like, his, his like, joke... <laughs> His running gag of like uh we whatever you ask him is like we just played our own game like it's not funny i have to say it's actually just not funny well, we, please let's stop that. <laughs> can, can you band together and kind of have an intervention of some sort and just uh, like get normal answers out of him he has a strat you know it's uh have terrible answers so you never interview him again and then there he perma avoids media at all times uh, uh, i think Brookie is living in your head rent-free, I guess. Well, now that, that I know happening? that, now that I know that, I'm going to bump him to the top of the media day requirement list to sit down and, and, and talk with me. And I'll see if I can, I can break through. I can break through that exterior the air is going. Because, uh, yeah, okay. Week two. I'll make some notes about this. I'll that, see what uh, I can make Brookie that do. That fucking press conference was hilarious. First of all, I think it was you who said, like, yeah, oh, no questions for the MVP. And I was like, okay, someone has a question. It's like, Okay, Robs. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually weird, though. Like, how is no one asking Rookie like any questions? Because everyone knows his answers are dog shit. I, I no guess. I mean, maybe time. maybe he would have had a change of heart in the, in the press session. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you have a fair point, but the, the, the MVP one was okay, okay. Okay, the one he did with Striker. There was oh, there is context there. There's the toilet break and everything. So like, <laughs> I guess I guess uh, if he does an MVP, he wins a couple of more, then we'll maybe get somewhere. But at this point, it's like you put in some time, like, oh, let's ask this very cool question. There's this statistic about this. And he's like, ah, oh, we just played our own games. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the DHL moment, right? Where so they've got the pitcher in pitcher and they've taken Brokey away from the celebrations to give him the MVP award. And he's more interested in what's going on on the phone. The camera's on him the whole time. And he's on the phone, I don't know, obviously checking messages and Twitter and everything that's popping off, right? But I'm like, we're just showing a shot of Brokey with the trophy in front of him. We can't even talk to him right now because he's not mic'd up on his phone. I'm like, this is this is some next level TV right here. We're really, we're <laughs> the Zoomers, man, always uh, on their phones. I, look, uh, I, I can't blame him. It would have popped off. This is the thing where I'm sure your phones don't work for a couple of days after, right? Every time you open it, it's like a million notifications going on. Uh, I mean, I, I guess... I mean, looking back at the stream, I was like, man, if I stood off my my phone, uh, maybe it would have looked better on on stream because I was on my phone like before like they handed us the, the fucking medals, and uh, I was trying to message my my mom and dad. But yeah, this stuff can always wait. I'm sure for everyone after for every player that wins after a big tournament, it's it's a lot of like love and, and support from the the community. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Um, boys, let's do this. All right, let's jump into the power match matchmaker. Rush, are you still here? Hello. Thanks for observing, Rush. I'm sorry that the game wasn't very good. It was a bit whatever. 
I didn't yeah. really know the score until it ended, but you know, it was it was, it was a, a good or bad game, one did of the two. Were well, you listening to the conversation? Apparently? Yeah, I was listening. I was thinking, doing all that stuff. You're yeah. thinking, okay, well, all right. I all right. Breathing. Yeah. He was doing. Yeah, the I was breathing. I was breathing at times. Pumping blood through his veins and everything, <laughs> like multitasking the shit out of it. Rush, we we playing Sea of Thieves after this. Uh, yeah, if you want to, it's get a bit late, man. You know. Yeah, I know. We can maybe fit in a quick sale. Where's series, my invite? Uh, Lucas, you got to do the Paramount Matchmaker, mate. So uh, ah. look, we're going to roll the <laughs> and then uh, we're going to get into oh the Paramount Matchmaker. Bear it back. All right, well, Lucas bantered Prof earlier in the show, and I've closed the show with a little bit of extra spice. Now, uh, like, we're going to do the Paramount, the, the Paramount Matchmaker. And uh, this time around, Prof, do you want to talk us through the categories for the lads? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, this is actually Lucas-inspired. He asked okay. about, like, uh, different parts of uh, of the life of a professional CS player. And then, is there like, a link for everybody, Lucas? Sorry? Uh, maybe, maybe you need to find it. Maybe that's part of the puzzle. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so if we watch the like latest Batman, to... rate one out of ten. I can see it right now. Okay, there's the link. It's in uh, Teamspeak. For a... Wait, that's the link for me. What about the one that nice we... looks bro. pretty? Okay. 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 This okay. one. All right. Here's the pretty one. Okay. The uh, well labels. They're all labels. Team talk, practice match, aim practice, stream, travel, competition, media. And then the descriptive terminology, exciting, enjoyable, okay, not that enjoyable, tiring. All right, so I guess we're going to go a little bit deeper on this than, than just the surface elements. Let's kick yeah. it off. It's more uh, conversational. Right? Okay, so team talks in the squad. Robin, Mr. Rops, how do you feel about the team's team talks? It's not even just like this team, but in general, like how do you, how do you find them? Are we talking pre-game team talks? I mean, like more like theory can be, you know. Okay, even whatever. in practice environments. yeah. Is this something you enjoy? I mean, there's many types of team talks. Like you can have the theory part, then you can have like pre-match, as you said, or then you have team talks where like you sit down after a match after you lost, and like you're you're gonna debrief talk about like why you lost, like why are we bad, you know? And then <laughs> it's like this kind of an environment where where um, everyone opens up and uh, says good or bad things. I don't know. Feels like therapy. Exactly. Team therapy, something we could all use a bit of therapy. Um, so is it enjoyable, tiring? These are very bland yeah. terms it's, here. It's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't given you the easiest of power match matchmakers here today, gentlemen. I mean, it's... I'm confused. There's more left options than the right options. Yeah, so, you can, look, you so can so match you guys multiple can, like, times. Yeah, oh, you, you can, can match even, yeah, can multiple match, things. Like, you can even match like enjoyable and tiring at the same time with okay. uh, with one. So, you yeah. know. I was not sure. I was like, the math doesn't check out here. <laughs> no, nah, the, the, there's the no math. This is fantasy <laughs> world. This is playtime. You can do whatever the fuck you want, essentially. Uh, for me, team talks are enjoyable. Okay. Okay. Bang. Bang, that. Enjoyable. Let's spider go. web bang practice match so we're talking about scrims, scrims we're talking yeah. about so this right here this is curious because back in the day this is all we would used to do right but what's the balance like for you guys now in terms of actual practice matches then theory dry runs your own personal individual practice like 
what are we talking here? Are these still the focal point of a practice day? I mean, there's many ways to set up your day, I guess. For us, it's like um, one or two hours of like just like going through dry and theory and just talking through all kinds of things, um, watching over the previous days uh, practice matches. Like we, I think every team nowadays like records their own scrims and the comms and then you like, you look over the mistakes or whatever you could improve on. And like so that's like maybe two hours and then you play I think we play like five maps usually. Yeah. Uh, okay. In in Maos we actually used to play four maps. Like it it's gone down over the over the years for sure. Because back in the days you obviously I don't know, you could play like eight or ten maps uh, at yeah. max. <laughs> yeah. It was like crazy back in the days you just did like the quantity side of, of this. But now um yeah, obviously I think every team is prioritizing playing um these very energized and quality amount like four or five maps uh maybe six for some teams and then i'm not sure if anyone has anything after i think in mouse we we did mistakes after the matches in in phase now we take mistakes um before our scrim start so we know what to improve on so like it's different ways to to structure it up mm. And I think it's, I guess it's, for the most part, it's, it's tiring for sure. Like it's, it is the, um, it's the bulk, bulk it's the bulk, yeah, aspect of, of the day, but it's, I guess it's enjoyable too, for sure. I mean, I guess you could put enjoyable for all of these things, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, all of these things are more enjoyable than doing like non-CS related stuff. Well, maybe not travel. Uh, yeah, that is true. Depends where you're traveling. But yeah. everything everything is better than doing your taxes, everything on this list. So we're not comparing <laughs> to, you know, real life responsibilities. It's just like in this category of like CS related stuff, where it is rank essentially. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to travel. Media, that would, if Bro- Brokey was here, that would be an easy. Not that enjoyable, thing. I think. Not that, that exactly. Extreme, but, um, what about aim practice? Like in terms of that, is that is that something? Because I know everybody does it different. When we were talking to Yakinda the other day, he was saying now he's traded in. Um, what he used to do just for deathmatch, right? Like, is I remember when I used to play with Azza, he would do like 3,000 aimbots. Like, that's how he would, before we played a game, right? Like, I don't know if that was tiring for him. It looked fucking tiring. Like, is this something that you guys do because you're just putting in the reps? Or are you the type of bandits where you're like putting on some tunes and go and do a deathmatch and camping lower dark? Like, what what are we what are we talking here? You know, which, which is your... Where, where, where does aim practice land on the list? Mm, um, for me, it's probably enjoyable and okay. I don't know because it's I like listening to music a lot, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of the few times in my day where I, I can listen to music for you know two hours straight and just pop heads. But what's the yeah. what's the soundtrack? Is there like a specific <laughs> one, or is it just like going on, figure out like finding new new stuff, listening to a new band album comes out? Uh, I listen to a lot of rap. Okay, so like. Joiner, uh, J. Cole, Kendrick, uh, Juice World, just that stuff. Classic, classic CS uh, player. NF, yeah. The soundtrack right there. I don't know how it is for many players, but for me, it's actually physically ty- tiring to to like DM and um, play bots because playing a low sense mm. when you when you DM like you're doing three sixties 
every second and that means like a full mouse uh mouse pad swipe like every other second and if you do that for like 20 minutes straight like non-stop that actually is physically tiring and i i take breaks quite often um, like just small ones uh in that sense but if you compare like in practice to to a match then in the match you don't you don't have that kind of um intensity and you don't do 360 so often like you do in dm and um i think it's it is physically tiring if you if you focus and play a lot of aim practice do you think there's more efficient ways to practice today or is is deathmatch more about just like getting the movement and getting the aim in because like i look at some of the stuff that casey foster's making with uh, refrag and this is not a sales pitch but um i look at some of the things that he's offering up like the pre-fire for example okay it's helping people understand what angles and they need to be peaking right cross air placement but then he added this new one called crossfire right and it just puts you in a common position that you'll be playing in a map and bots are spawning and you're having to tear them down quite quickly because they will they will frag you right so um do you think there's more efficient ways to practice these days like retake services you guys were talking about was it was a, a prime example is something like that more beneficial or is it everything's equally as beneficial for different reasons and there's no point trying to quantify it just is what it is i think everything has their own um way of, of or like what it, it depends what your goal is um if you want to just improve on your on your aim then i guess you should just play bots or dm mm. um if you want to be better at peaking angles which actually i think i did for the first time um not talking about the refract thing or that what casey was doing but um the y prac maps in the workshop okay i actually tried them out and they are quite good at um training your your angles and um just your peaks in general and that was quite helpful for me actually i, I did quite a bit of that in my isolation during during uh warsaw before katowice you, you've but, always had really good crosshair players yeah right? like one of your <laughs> things has always been like really good like procedural clearing and crosshair placement so it's it's curious that like that isn't something that you've done a lot of before how did you do that before you were just you just understanding of the angles previously was really good that it was always bang on because that was well, when i first started watching you in 2016 in that little studio in for pro league in cologne i literally would get the go tv ip and just watch you right because i you were like the massive talk of the, and your crosshair placement back then was like awesome like is that something that you've just always had as a, a focus i think i'm just like a extremely methodical player um just like to me i don't understand how you can peak an angle without without having your crosshair on on the right spot like that's, oh let me tell you mate that's kinda... brain damaged you just gotta run in like a baboon you beat your chest and you go, yeah. they're gonna trade me As and you little... said. <laughs> <laughs> Why no, I, I feel you i feel you sorry for interrupting I know for sure. I mean, uh, like my point is that I am just extremely methodical and um, kind of want to have everything under control at all times, which is kind of impossible, obviously, mm. but do it as much as I can. I mean, okay. The, the best example of uh, Robin's probably the best player I've ever played with at clearing angles. It's insane. Like this uh, one before against Gambit, where he's in tunnels, and there's so many angles to have to isolate, and you know anything could happen at any moment. But he just knows. Rob, he's in the Matrix or whatever. I don't know. It's <laughs> fucking insane. Insane. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into streaming. Do either of you enjoy streaming? And maybe contractually speaking, you have to say you enjoy streaming. I don't. I don't know. 
Is this something that you guys? I don't think enjoy? they contractually have to lie, but you have to do it. Right? <laughs> True. I don't see that either of you streaming that much, right? Didn't you guys play some games with Simple? Were you guys streaming when you guys were doing that stuff? I was streaming that, yeah. Um, I mean, the main reason I stream or stream used to stream was was just FPL, and I stream when I find something enjoyable and I think that the viewers um, can enjoy. But ever since I stopped playing FPL, then there's not really much reason to, to stream for me personally. I think uh, Rust has streamed some some racing stuff and sim simulator stuff though. So yeah, I don't know. For me, like uh, when I stream CS, it's kind of just you feel obligated to to play FPL, mm -hmm. and FPL isn't always so enjoyable. And it's like probably the only way you're gonna get the viewers, you know, if you if you care a lot about that. But uh, yeah, I'll just start using streaming as a way to get away from CS, I guess. Mm. So streaming like the, the racing stuff and just being able to still chat with my my community, I guess. But I'd say streaming is can be enjoyable, but it's also tiring for sure. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move into travel. This one's an interesting one to see. After two years of not being able to travel that much, does it like because I know for a lot of people towards the end of 2019 anyway travel was starting to become a super hot topic we were doing stupid stuff like flying from new york to stockholm and then playing the next day like it was getting ridiculous with that new york to malmo event that happened the ag1 new york and then they flew and then they got knocked out in the group stage of malmo that like two days later right um is travel something that you guys are still enjoying or you just it's now just a means to an end for work because i you guys are still young so maybe it's something that you, you still enjoy well it's changed now you know, okay. in 2019, I would, I would be like, okay, yeah, having to travel from New York to Stockholm and then do media the same after you land, like two hours mm -hmm. later. Yeah, it's not so fun. But now it's like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of pro players think the same way. Now it's we kind of miss traveling. You know, we miss going to North America. We miss going to different places. You know, Brazil, and uh, yeah, I think. I, I would like to have a bit more of that, you know, there could always be a balance in everything. And in 2019, there was just no balance. Mm. I, I mean, for the, that's like, remember we almost on liquid, we almost skipped Cologne entirely. Yes. We, we almost dodged it. We had the, we decided that we want to play the event and we played a CIS qualifier. You played the qualifier. Right, yeah. 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 Last minute. Holy shit. Yeah. And then won the grand slam there. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that was just oh, like, you know, crazy. those were the things that you had to do in the schedule back then, you know? Yeah. yeah. No one wants to miss Cologne, but that was like something you actually had to consider. And uh, yeah, I mean, now I would personally, I, I would like to travel again. And uh, I think it's enjoyable to go to new places. All right. How about you, Robs? Yeah, for sure. In general, uh, traveling is, is a lot of uh, joy for me personally. Love seeing new places and um, being to places that I've never been before and being to like all the continents. But I think it's actually funny. There's I, I would say for players there's two types of um travel. One is when you have a good tournament and one is when you have a bad tournament. Because <laughs> <laughs> if if you have a bad tournament you're gonna be depressed as fuck on that flight home. But when you win a tournament you're gonna be like I can't get the wait to get on the next flight or yeah. the next tournament, you know? So yeah. like there's two types of travel for players for sure. Bit of a catch twenty two in some cases there. Okay. Uh competing. I feel this one is pretty simple. I feel I feel that we should all know the answer to this one. This is what it's all about, right? This is the bit where you you know you wake up in the morning of and you have the butterflies in the stomach and you can't wait to get out there. So the am I right in thinking, boys, this is exciting? Am it's I cool. 
Full excitement. Yeah. Always. But this is the thing you live for, though, right? Yeah, of course. That's why we wake up and we we play the game every day. So we, to, we love it. But to get that opportunity again now, right after knowing that we had that two-year hiatus, does it taste like that little bit sweeter? Like knowing that we had it and back then we probably didn't take it for everything we should have, and now you have it again. Does it have a bit more focus these days? Uh, I mean, personally, I was a player that suffered like a bunch of issues in 2020. Uh, and motivation was one of them. But yeah, for me, I mean, you know, I, I moved to Europe because I, I love the game and I, I want to be able to compete at the top for as long as I can. Mm. So yeah, for me, it's, I've, I've always found the game exciting, but I guess from your, from your question, I, I have more love for the game than I did before. How about you, Robs? Exciting well, yeah, I don't know. Course. I'm just trying to think because I saw you next to that trophy after you won and you were sitting there and it was like a face of disbelief, right? Like, was that the face or was it like, oh shit, like this is this is what I should have been doing all the, all the time? No, it was uh, disbelief for sure. Uh, just coming up for the situation we were put in, in in the tournament with COVID and stuff like that. But I think the whole factor of me being more hype and stuff like this is also because of the reason that there hasn't been lands for so long and i mean the last time i was on stage was with actually with carrigan mm. when we did win a tournament Pro league, right it was i mean that was like a real stage yeah um we also had ice challenge in 2020 that's right, right. before covid um so christian had that crazy round on train at that event, five holy shit against navi Oof. that was Oof. good that that the uh, the photo of you with the the trophy and just that moment that was that was really that was really nice that was probably my my favorite from the event shout mm. out shout out to Adela even though we have our own photographers so they're just gonna get nothing today from me fuck them <laughs> uh, nice to everybody right you gotta yeah. share the love yeah that's how that's how we do right here uh but yeah it was a uh, weird weird moment just like seeing all of you guys with with trophy you feel like these guys deserve this shit even though. The whole narrative was kind of about G2 and all of their fuck ups and losing 3-0 and they lost again. So that was kind of sad for them. But it's like on the other side, you really can't be as an as a fan of CS, you can't be unhappy with the result. It's like these guys deserve to to win a big event, essentially. I, I have a piece of breaking news, everybody. So since right, Xtaz tested positive. He hasn't been home. He finally now, as of one minute ago, just tweeted he's finally negative. What? So it's been that whole time. Terrible experience. A whole Has week. Has it been Katowice until now? I must have been. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have been home for a week. You've already started practicing <laughs> again. And poor X has been in that. Holy shit. That's oh, a whole week. Fuck. He's just had to sit there on his own in isolation since. Wow. Okay. Well. That's that's pretty fucking. Uh, All right, let's uh, let's do this last one. Media now, boys. Your answers here will depend. Well, you've been here for two and a half hours, so surely you guys must uh, think it's okay to do media. Uh, no, I, think... I mean, uh, you can go first. Sorry, it's always okay. Um, sometimes <laughs> it's it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Depends what type of media it is. Like sometimes the interviewer, whoever is doing the piece of content, they've actually prepared really good stuff for you, and they've done a lot of homework but sometimes like they ask these generic questions that they go through every player and then it's it's kind of like okay i'm guess i'm just gonna answer generic answers as well like okay it's, that's it, interesting. De it depends from from the type of uh 
person and content and whatever, whatever um, goes through that. Okay. Chris? Uh, honestly, the exact same, you know, like media like this is different. It's fun. You know, it's a podcast and uh, it's more exciting. But just like Robin said, when you go, I mean, it happened a lot in 2019 and thank God content is, is getting better now for the tournament organizers. Uh, you know, they just ask Jerry genetic questions like, oh, what are your goals for this event? Uh, mm. yeah, how does it feel to win this match? And it's just like, dude, like, like, what do you think? And of course, I won the match. I'm fucking happy about it. You know? <laughs> it's like, okay. But uh, content nowadays is getting way better. Like, this, the skits that ESL is doing, the Batman stuff, and then the, the Shocks and Daphne one, th those ones are, like, really funny. And it's, you know, you bring out the personalities that CS actually has to offer. Punch is really good acting skills from what I saw. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, that's true. It was JKS practical, one. too. It actually worked, right? It, it, but the slogan there was, Rop's good be good. I thought it was simple. I thought it was easy for Justin to get digestible. No, but this is the thing, right? Some of the things that I've been doing a bit more with the media stuff, because this uh, interests me a lot, is I've been there on the media days doing interviews with the players. And it's been great because it's like they give me a bunch of questions, but then Frank, the guy who's in charge of the media there, says, just do whatever the fuck you want. Just talk to them. And it's really good because having those insights where I get to talk to you guys before the tournament starts, that's great. Like I, I can use what you told me to now do my job better. It's actually really good. Like we get a, a nice relationship going on where everybody wins. You guys actually get to like Robs, you I know it was late. It was during IEM winter, right? And there was a bit of a fucking delay that happened with it. But you did that SSD setup with machine, right? I don't know if it's yeah. out there yet. I don't know if they've released it yet. I think they uh, forgot about it. No, well, I know that there's some, there's some sponsor things that happen, right? So it wasn't a mouse wanna, though. He was on yeah, mouse then. Exactly. That could be an issue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's certain things like that are kind of like either holding it up for one reason or another, but that type of content, like, did you enjoy doing something like that where you could, you know, just talk through your process of what you do? Yeah, definitely. Because that was, that was very personal and it was like down to earth. Like it was, it was all about this certain topic and this certain player. Like it wasn't anything generic, mm. like that type of content, I think does does way better um for everyone in, in terms of viewership um the players uh opinions about media and stuff like this yeah i mean yeah I, I have i have my own thoughts just about just press press media in general and things that happen at big events but i'm just curious about that side from from your experiences because you have there are like some some tournament organizers that do like one-on-ones they just organize you know you put in a request and then depending on who's available, you get someone, then there are like press conferences and like online press conferences. Like, is there something that you think is really not that good overall from your experience? I think sometimes you have these new reporters and new websites that don't really have a clue what they're talking about. Mm. And then yes. it's kind of hard to give them Give them an answer to, to their question because it doesn't really make sense what they're asking so maybe i don't know it, it could be that um only only i don't know news sites with actual <laughs> knowledge of the, 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 the new people you know yeah. Yeah. yeah we keep the main the mainstream the normies we keep them no, out but, yeah. but they got questions sometimes test before you come in, in. <laughs> questions that i hear sometimes it's just like you know you go you go into an event like i am katowice and you get an interview with nico and the question is like so you play video games for a living. I'm like, can you and not find anyone insane. else to answer the uh, question, right? Yeah. It's like, why do you have like, 
is there no one else that you can ask this about? Like, yeah. it, why does it have to be this guy? This question has been answered so many times. Just like look it up, Google. There's going to be like literally all of the top 20 players in the world answered this question 30 times already. It's up there somewhere. Just ask someone, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just a waste of time. That pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're given so much time to come up with a question and you are you ask, how do you feel about this opponent? It's like, yeah. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, yeah, yeah. There's room for improvement in a lot of this. But, boys, I think right now we've ended the Power Match Matchmaker. It's been two and a half hours. Uh, I've, I've loved having you boys on, and thank you for gracing us with your presence. Prof, we ready to close this one down? Yeah, it's good. Shout okay. out to sponsors and uh, see you yeah. next week. I'll let you boys have the have the floor here so we can go in. We'll, we'll let, we, we did twists first before. <laughs> Twist, you can do the first goodbye. So anybody out there, you, the sponsors, the fans, if you want to say something, if you, you want to call someone out, this would this would be a time to do so. Yeah, shout um, out to SteelSeries and Nissan. Are they getting you a car? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, I'm just happy to to be able to be like on a podcast like this. And uh, I think it's great for the, the scene that you guys do this. So I would like to thank you guys for hosting this. Oh, that's nice. Look at that. I, uh, thank thank you, you very much. You know, we get a compliment on the way out the door. That's that's sweet. All right, Robs, do you have anything nice to say to us or is it, are you going to go the other other direction? You can go mean. You got good cop, bad cop. Twist can be the good cop. And we're both humble. I mean, just, <laughs> just like, <laughs> likewise, I mean, it's always nice to be on this podcast uh, i regularly watch every episode you you guys do so it's a uh, nice road that you you produced over over the years here and in in general i mean the the support we've had last two weeks i mean i was almost going home from Katowice and everyone cheering for us and being in the arena and i mean it's the support was just incredible it's kind of hard to put into words um, everything was looking so depressing at one point that you couldn't really think or even imagine the outcome could be this. So um, thank you, FaZe. Thank you, all the fans, um, everyone who's been supporting us. Um, yeah, Thank you. All right. Cool. Nice and nice and wholesome goodbyes here this evening. All right, guys, this has been episode eight of HLTV Confirmed. Had a bit of Counter-Strike, had a bit of Rush Lee here observing. Robs and Twist, thank you again for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully Striker feels better soon. And Prof and Lucas, as always. Uh, they've been the consistent pillars. So uh, thanks again to the sponsors, Bitskins, Parrymatch, and of course, Extrify. We'll see you next week on whenever the show happens. Who knows? Uh, who, who knows, knows at this point? Pro League's kicking off next week. Uh, but yeah, see you guys then. Thanks for tuning in and good night. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets. Guaranteed. I'm in the house and sector clear, but there is the window. Hate this badge. 
I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parimage. Parimage. Your esports teammate. Stuck ranking up? Lost the motivation to grind? Bored of clicking heads on aim maps? Get some color into your game. Bitskins.com. Buying and selling skins made easy. Tons of payment methods and instant cash outs. Just choose your dream skins, select your preferred payment method, and start grinding again. If you want to play like the pros, you've got to look like the pros. 